Max. What's you up? You know what? We just recorded for 30 minutes, but I forgot yeah. to hit the record button. That's the first time it happened, at least for us. I know. Well, I, I hit know. it. I hit the record button on the mixer, but I forgot yeah. to hit the record button on video. But you know what? In the jungle, the mighty jungle, <laughs> Max and his orchids will play. Yeah. Are we moe? 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 Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Letty the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro is the glory, but E Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 245, take two of the No Name yeah. RC podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Left of the Great. And over to my virtual left in the jungle, looking, looking very, you know, lively, you know, clean cut. And, uh, you know, the girlfriend's got you looking, you know, got your beard trimmed up and all that stuff is uh, the arrogant one, the professor of everything. Arrogant Max Mortimus. Max, I can't believe I forgot to hit uh record yeah, because that I, was actually really like, epic. Yeah, we was like just chatting, we're having fun, and then at some point it's like I'm like, why is this all in blue? And why is there yeah. no time? But uh yeah, we, yeah. we were we just talked for about 30 minutes and then I forgot to hit the record button on the video. We do have it on audio. Maybe I'll, I'll release that to the patrons because it was pretty good. Yeah. But uh yeah. thank you everybody for joining us. Uh it's episode 245. We are five episodes away from 50. Uh, I did do a live last night. Thank you to everybody that joined in on that. Uh, as I'm recording this on Thursday, it was with Clayton Young, the raw president. He was on there for two hours answering questions. Uh, it was good. Uh, we have not seen this level of transparency from the federations ever. So it's always good to see that. And um, it was a great chat with him. And these lefty off the record seem to be going pretty good. People seem to like a little salty lefty. Uh, it's like a therapy ses- session for me. Uh, I get to see all the BS going on on Facebook and and then, you know, get to, you know, talk like I consider all those people that tune in like my friends and like we're sitting off in the pits and it's 75 to 100 people just all talking shit to each other. So I really enjoy that. Um, there's like conversations going on in the chat and all this type of stuff. 
So it was really good. Thank you to everybody that joined. Thank you to everybody that gave us some super chats. Uh, and thank you to Fred Costa, my friend on in Brazil, who helped me out with that producing. And of course, thank you to Clayton Young for his time and everybody who joined and asked the questions. Uh, before we go on, I have to say some thanks also to the NNRC squad around the world. We're almost at 4,000 subs on the YouTube. That's crazy. I know it seems like we, it's, it's getting there. It seems like we should have more. But we have like 7,000 followers on Facebook, but we only have 4,000 subs on YouTube. So if you guys can, hit that notification button, hit that sub button. Share the YouTube channel, help us grow this channel, and let us go uh, a little bit more viral. Shout out to everybody that supports us. Uh, shout out to the patrons of the NNRC and YouTube members. You will get early release of this podcast. If you like what we're doing, you want to uh, support the podcast a little bit more, get a little bit of early release and extra content when we do get it. We do get it on. It's been a while since we've done a patron only pod. Maybe we should do one, Max. Uh, you guys can find the links for that in the written description of this podcast. And every little bit helps. We greatly appreciate it. Also, we have sponsors that support this podcast. They have been with us for quite some time. There are links and coupon codes, affiliate links, and some of them don't have any links or coupon codes, but you can just say, hey, I heard about you uh, and learned about you from the No Name RC podcast. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Mayako, Beach RC. Shout out to Brent. Wheeling Trigger had a great interview with Kevin Abbott last week. That's our guest this week. And um, him and him and Chase had a really great live last night, uh, Tuesday night, sorry. Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, getting my gas truck soon. Uh, Racecraft USA, Stacked RC, shout out to Call RC, Call RC, WRCE, House of RC, RCGP, and our drivers, Dave Ronafalk and Jared Tebow, Robert Maddie, and Alexander Hagberg. Uh, real quick, I want to say shout out to happy birthday to a young fan of the show. Uh, I haven't met him yet, but him and his stepfather have we've become friends, Cody Bancraft, his son, Skiller Joel. Uh, shout out to Skiller. He goes 11 on when this show will be airing, and I will get to meet him and his dad finally at Wicked Weekend. Shout out to our statistician, BJ Williams, who helped us out with the notes. Uh, one of my favorite racer to interview, Aiden Horn. His birthday was on Wednesday. And also, shout out to my buddy who does all my thumbnails and artwork and uh, who I'm going to work with her shortly at the Wicked Weekend with Race Time Entertainment, WRCE owner Danny Pass. He actually came up with a good slogan. He says, lefty off the record, better than your regular news. I really like that. Uh, Max, uh, real quick, I see you have some, you've been busy with, you've been, you are geeking out on eBuggy. I will say, yeah. for the record, I know I've been setting some fires with the eBuggy crowd lately uh and in my office but uh i am not anti e-buggy i am not anti-truggy okay i can say openly i'm a very anti e-truggy i think i think it's like <laughs> like i think you're anti is, any well it's not called bruggy yeah anti anti-bruggy i'm i'm like actually anti-bruggy like I wish we could have some something else, you know, something else. Like, doesn't really matter. You could do two-wheel drive eight scale. Like, even that <laughs> could be better. Mm. Um, it will be harder than buggy. So, yeah, it definitely would. But would be more interesting. Yeah, but I've been actually geeking out on e-buggy. I even made a Facebook post about um, my electronics I've been running because you know, last time I ran e-buggy. I was at the Neo race in 2018. And uh, the race before that was the DNC 2018. 
the one that I actually won in in uh, expert class in Nitro. But and you would have won it races, in eBuggy too, but your e yeah. your ESC yeah. shut down. So yeah, that's who I was coming to. Like I broke an ESC at both of these races. So the last two times I raced eBuggy, I'm like, I can't remember when I did before that. I broke my ESC. So now that this year I knew I was going to the eBuggy Euros and racing to finish nationals, I wanted to like, I don't want that to happen anymore. And uh, you know. I reached out to my, they are sponsoring me a lot and I mm-hmm. work very closely with them all together, Hobby Factory from Finland. And they had uh, these apps in electronics. They were kind of new to them. They wanted me to test them, you know, see if they were good. And I was like, okay, sure. That sounds like a good plan. Man. I tested them so far. No, no ESC breaks mid, mid race. <laughs> so I don't really want to be good, but what, what uh, surprised me the most was how many things, how many settings on these ESCs you have these days. You know, back in the day, in the in the speedos I ran at Neo and and um, and DNC that year, the only thing you could set up was brake strength, uh, motor uh, like uh, rotation um, direction, and then lipo cuts. And then if you wanted to tune the throttle feel. You had four different amount of punch. That's all you had, you know? Now you have four different settings for turbo alone, okay? Adding on to that, like, crazy amounts of, like, throttle rate, brake rate. So, yeah, it's been a little bit of a learning, I have to say, because, like, I'm definitely not an expert on electric stuff. Um, I'd say I used to be before, like, especially 10 scale, but now these days I just, I need to get used to it. But yeah, well, it, the technology is getting a lot better, right? With the ESCs oh, and for sure, for sure. so yeah, look, it's 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 definitely the future of RC. Uh, yeah, even though Nitro is the glory, but it's definitely what will get people more people into RC. So I'm definitely not yeah. anti e buggy or e buggy, but I will say this: the e buggy early guys do not show up for the e nets, and that was one of my biggest rants last night yeah. on the on the podcast yeah, on the live tough. podcast. So if you want to go see more of that. Uh, check it out, episode 244. I talked with Clayton about my ideas about getting... E- because eBuggy is going to be a world championship class coming up here in 2020, 2025. Yeah. So it's very yeah. important that uh, uh, we we get these nationals going really good. Um, so, yeah, I was setting fires on the internet. I had some votes going, uh, the, you know, and all that type of stuff. It was pretty good. We almost got 400 votes on each of these things. One was about having a nationals B. And the other was about uh, combining the just having a one eight scale nationals with eight scale uh, e, nitro buggy, e buggy, e truggy, and truggy in America, and lowering the lowering the cap, and having a B nationals like we had the Euro Bs, which we're going to talk about her in a bit, right? Uh, but if you want to hear more about that, you can go see it on episode two forty four. It's on audio and live. Just look on YouTube. Go to lives. It was a live show. It was fun. Thank you to everybody that joined. We had seventy five to one hundred people in there the entire evening. And this was a short one, and then it went three hours. So okay, the last one went four hours or something. Uh, so I think I'm going to get back to doing these every two weeks, and uh, really, I really do enjoy that. But uh, I also set a fire here in the yeah. office. <laughs> Uh, with a lipo fire, so I was charging up a battery. Yeah. Luckily, I put it in. I had an older Venom charger. It was a brand. It was a battery that I received last year, but I I did not charge it. It had one cell low, and I was just trying to balance it up and get it, you know, to to use it. 
And I, I said, let me put it all encapsulated in this because it was a Venom charger that has a LiPo locker for that. So I'm sitting there wrenching on my Techno MT410. It's almost just finished. That's why, you know, thank you, Techno, for giving me that. Uh, and then I heard, and I was like, and I smelt that smell like chemicals. I looked over and it's just smoke blowing, billowing out of this, this charger. And I'm like, oh no. So I got up and I disconnected it and I'm, and it's right under my foot action figures, like some of my prize Star Wars action figures <laughs> up here. Right? That that was it. You you were running towards the lifeboat <laughs> to get it out of there. <laughs> so it's just smoke, right? All the fire is encapsulated yeah. in her. Well, that's dude, good. Yeah. Dude, from literally 20 feet from where it was in the corner to that door, right? Her so the doors her. It was like the corners over her, doors her. It was this this room was engulfed in smoke. Dude, I ran out. I've put the charger out in the like out on the drive in. It just and it would it was going for like 20 minutes. Right? And it's that stinky, ugh, bad yeah. for you smoke, man. I was I took a whole my, my all my clothes were full of it. It was in my nose. The whole it was just a haze in the in the office. Luckily I had the door open. Dude, I had to leave the air conditioner on. I got a, I actually ordered an air purifier to help. Most of the smells gone. But uh, I had the air conditioner on the entire night. Had to get the guy coming home, clean the air conditioner. It was horrible. Lesson to people, always charge your lipos in a lipo bag. I know some people say use a ammo cans or metal cans. I, 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 I'm trying to get some. I found some in Santa Domingo. You guy wants $100 for two. I know you guys, I think that's a lot of money, but they weigh 15 pounds each. So it's 30 pounds of shipping. But in the meantime, I did open this. But being as I wasn't recording... <laughs> Yeah, it's he was, all, yeah. We just got it open. It's already open. So I, I went on Amazon and I want I have lipo bags, but I wanted a little bigger one because I want to keep my lipos while I'm gone. And maybe I could just take this home and put it at home instead of having it her. Uh but this lipo bag, it's for <laughs> e buggy. Home without a house? Where do you no, I, well, my house. Sleep? I would put it outside. I'll put these outside. Uh, yeah. But then I might be worried about the heat. Uh, this is a e-bike battery lipo bag uh it's called cool case and it's rated pretty good and it's you know for e-bike battery so it's long and i'm gonna put all my batteries there's 21 bucks on amazon i'm being safe now i'm being super safe about this so i don't want any more lipo fires and smoke in fact i'm charging a battery now and it's done to sell a little bit and i'm worried and this is a 6x battery <laughs> So um, imagine now we have a fucking lipo fire mid podcast, dude. I had I had a charger last night on the live. I forgot all about it, and then it, it, it like timed out on my because I have it on my high tech um, RDX two charger, and it has a Bluetooth. Yeah, hopefully so I'm getting Earth. one too, I, dude. I just I want to one Mike today. I want one. Ooh, Mike Mayberry or Mike yeah. Walker. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike Mayberry. Mike Mayberry, I would like the new RDX 1000, please. I'm supposed to have a medium with them. Yeah, but... that, that's what uh, I think I'm getting. I, I talked with him today, so let's yeah, see. That's a good one. one. Me the best, but that could be but amazing. I, the one I use is the one before that, and it's got a dongle. So I'm like two hours into my life. Oh, my lipo timed out. Could you imagine if that lipo would have blew up last night? Well. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been so fun. <laughs> no, but dude, that would be like you'd be fucking going viral. Like guys doing an RC live stream where a lipo fire goes out, and then you like people are gonna be like, "Why is his left hand so limp carrying things?" Like <laughs> this, it would be like like that would actually like 
that would be which would take you to glory. You'd be on Ellen after that, you know. <laughs> speaking of viral, um, <laughs> speaking of viral, actually, I, I the video from Little Bump, two laps of Little Bump at North Georgia Shootout is at three point five million views on Facebook, and that's pretty good. I didn't even know that was going viral like that. But uh, I have a TikTok video going viral. It's from the RCGP gate start at Badlands in South Carolina. And I just posted it up uh, two days ago, and it's almost at 400K on TikTok. And it's got like almost 80,000 views on. I know that's not big numbers, but it's big for me. So go check out the NNRC TikTok. Uh, Also, go ahead. You was going to say something, Max? Yeah. Yeah, I think actually like one thing that to me, uh, people maybe don't realize, but the fact that that gate start, it looked quite professional, you know, like mm-hmm. there was cars colored the same way. There was teams, obviously the track looked really professional, you know, I think that's what could catch people eyes. Like this is the real deal. It looked like people just say people ain't seen it. It looked, that was a great video, right? It was, uh, yeah, yeah. It, like the, the gate start was perfect. There weren't no ba- crashes and stuff like that. So it was really good. Also, uh, last week on my live, uh, Brent Jackson, who uh, does RC body armor, he's like, hey, man, uh, he sent me some stuff. Of, I bought some stuff from him, and he sent me a cure package. If you guys want to get a cure package from him, just hit him up. But I got that today before I came up here as well. So I got a package from Brent uh, at RC body armor. Here's my buddy down in Texas. And I'm going to tell Brent, too, hey, man, next time you go to a Royal Nationals, make sure you have lipo, uh, raw-approved lipos. He was making off because he didn't. He got... He wasn't able to run his nationals one time and he went. So he sent me a package from RC Body Arm. I'm going to open it up real quick. Uh, I hope I don't cut what I was in her. I hope there's no lipos in her. Um, <laughs> so he sent me some stuff. I wanted some battery straps from him for my Techno MT410 uh, build. And I wanted some of his battery firms that he uses. So he sent me a shirt, which I'm really happy about, uh, which I'll rock. Let me pull it out here real quick. Yeah. Oh, man, that's some super plastic right there. There we go. So, oh, wow, this is a nice shirt. This is, this, is the, this is like that nice soft material. Oh, man, that's, oh, I like it. It's got the logo on her on the side. That's cool. And then uh, send it. Send it with RC body armor. So he has these this thing called dragon skin. It's like a backing you put in the bodies and stuff like that. I'm going to put it on my my bot, my build. He sent me some straps as well to go with my stuff. Um, some more straps. He sent me this stuff. This is the firm. I want to use it on my 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 um you can use this on your battery packs. You put it on your on your battery tray. And I put some under my motor as well, like to just reduce a little impact and he has something like this where you, it's like a pad for your ESC. Right, you put your, you glue your ESC to it, and it's like it's like using that thick Kyosho gel, but it's firm. Yeah. So you shoe glue your your ESC to her. It's called the landing pad. But I'm gonna use these for my battery packs and my RC boat. And he sent me some more straps, and he sent me these, which are cool. Some carbon fiber. Um, that's a really cool little uh, case too. Uh, for body posts, you know, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. to put on top of there. So these are carbon fiber. So thank you, Brent from RC Body Armor. Sent me some stickers. I got one on my monitor there. Small company down in Texas. Loves RC. Doesn't run Nitro too much, unfortunately, but he's a big e-buggy guy. Uh, so thank you, Brent. Check him out at rcbodyarmor.com. Uh, I believe that's the email address. I should have that here. 
or find them on Facebook. And thank you, Brent, for sending that out to me. If you guys want some, me to unbox something on a podcast, uh, hit me up. I'll give you my freight forwarding address in Florida and uh, introduce your product and stuff like that. All right, Max, uh, enough of that. We have to get on to some news and stuff like that. So, But before we do that, we have to pay some bills. So thank you to Clinic RC for all their support. Uh, check them out with their Racetech engines. Also, thank you to Invisible Speed. I was listening to Joseph's live. They're going to have some meetings here soon. Uh, check them out. We have an affiliate link here in the podcast for Invisible Speed. No, the ad does not count anymore. This is from the Euros of last year. He's been making all these videos. I'm like, JQ, why don't you make me a new video ad yeah. for the uh, for the podcast? And he's in. He's in. I'm not. I'm. I'm pissed off at the world mode right now. So. I don't really talk to him too much. Isn't and that here we JQ are. All, all the time? Pretty much. But he's extra, extra, okay. I don't know. He's JQ on steroids. Also, thank you. I, to I do, I do love how Joseph puts the even homework as an advertisement. You know, like people are yeah. gonna get more excited about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even homework. Like maybe you got excited about homework, Jakey, but I hated that stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Invisible Speed for all the support. We have some affiliate links. Go in there, use them. Uh, get on the online course. It's really good for you, man. It is. If you're a beginning RC, if you're a veteran, it's really good. Uh, also, thank you to High Tech RC. As we was talking earlier, Max is getting his RDX 1000 to 1000 charger. That's their new AC-DC dual charge, uh, dual port charger and discharger with power supply. It's actually a really small compact. It uh, it can charge up to 20 amps on each port. You can charge two batteries at once. Uh, and then you have the AD350 analyzer discharger. With the, it's for discharging and analyzing both nickel and lipo batteries. So check them out at High Tech RC, uh, sorry, High Tech RCD, where to buy.com. Uh, I get that always wrong, but let me get that right. High Tech RCD.com, where to buy. And uh, congratulations to High Tech on 50 years of innovative stuff in RC. Uh, if you want to learn more about High Tech, go check out the Mike Mayberry podcast. Like they, they have their hands in so much stuff. He serves your industrial sink servo that they use in drones and all this type of stuff. It's filled with hydraulic oil, uh, really cool stuff that they're doing. They're so busy, like outside of the RC world and different things like servos for machines and all this type of stuff. It's pretty, pretty impressive. All right, Max. So let's go over some race results real quick. 
We had the NXC Grand Prix in Hellerog RC Racing, Hellerog Denmark. Uh, big drivers that went to this. We had Ricardo Berton, uh, Hampus Berg. Hampus, this is Hampus's track. He seems to always beat Rana Falk at this track. Yeah, I don't really know what it is. He, yeah, I think he did. And then he beat him at the warm up and then now at the race. I mean, the, obviously there was some like the weather was really like, uh, I think it rained. Consistent. It rained yeah. in the semis. Then it like kind of was wet in the start of the final, but then it dried out. So, you know, that's what I, I read from David's race report that it kind of like he, he kind of went with the wet setup for the main, even though he should have uh, gone to mm-hmm. the dry setup for the main. But yeah, I mean, that being said, 100% Hampus deserved the win. And yeah. that's well, uh, an Hampus. amazing drive for him. Also, we had the F one eight scale GT championship in Zagreb, Croatia. This is the last chance that last time that gasoline or nitro will be run at this track. It's going to be an electric track only for noise purposes. And uh, we had uh, Angaro went to this race, but he didn't do too well. I asked him about it. He's just like, "Yeah, let's not talk about this race." Because uh, I've been trying to get him on the podcast, yeah. but he's been so busy, right? He's. I was yeah. talking to him. Yeah, actually, today. yeah. When when he made a post after the race on Facebook, he was like. Uh, posted a picture of his track and like back to some actual racing <laughs> or actual <laughs> like I think I think he really did not have a good time there, which is surprising because he's done pretty well at it. I heard he flamed out quite a lot, right? I heard him and yeah, I was listening. He flamed out quite a lot, but uh, we had Bernard Alain Arnaldi. He wins Nitro GT and Alessio Masio Maceo. He wins Electric. I'm guessing these guys are both Italian. Uh, they won that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had the 10 scale BRCA Nats round five at Robin Hood Raceway. Tommy Hall doubles that and he secures the four wheel drive championships. We had top notch series at Thunder Alley. We saw Frankie Contreras win both classes uh, with Mar- Mark Pavitas, Ryan Pavitas yeah. in third, I think it was. Uh, and, uh, Ryan was second. And okay, oh, did that, did that, this was e buggy. So let me see. Um, that was e buggy. Adam, yeah, Ryan was third in in uh, Nitro. Okay, uh, top notch series. Yeah, Adam be... second. Yeah. Okay, so this seems to be getting really, really popular in there. He's capped it. He caps it. It sells out, and um, Notch is doing a pretty good job over there. Of his top notches, I heard nothing but positive things about it. Well done, to Frankie Contreras, man. I, I I talk to his dad all the time. I'm like, man, we need to get him over to some of these East Coast races to race. Um, yeah. I think very now... talented. I have to say now, because I was kind of critical of him, like in the, I don't know if it was last, last spring or fall, or if it was like beginning of this year, but now he's consistently winning this JVRL last top notch races, mm-hmm. which is, I think this is the first step he needs to take, you know, like start winning these races consistently. Then now, I think now is the time he should actually like wicked weekend, um, uh, Southern Nats, these races are coming up. He should definitely look out to go to those. And if not, those, oh, no Southern Nats. That's they're having a. There's no more Southern Nats. Oh, okay. Uh, well, do do they have some other race then? There must be some yeah. race during the summer. They have. So we have coming up. Uh, Wicked Weekend. We have Brent's RC program. We have. Um, 
North uh, Georgia Peach State Classic. I know the guys that used to do Southern Nats are doing a race at that at that arena, but it's the same weekend as in North Georgia at the Georgia's Peach State Classic, and it's also the same weekend as the Ten Scale World. So it's a lot of racing going on that weekend. Uh, it's gonna be hard to to keep up with that. Yeah, I uh, think for Frankie though, the AMS probably the best event. It's capped. Yeah. you have a set number of rounds of practice. Um, you can you have some sort of like uh, consistency in the race program, so I think that's kind of the safest option for him, and he can he can do well. I think I don't I don't mm-hmm. see no point where he couldn't. And isn't he running J Concepts too? So he should be solid. Yeah, I think it's on just whatever Drake's running, he's running. So yeah. uh, there we go. Have the the BRCA one eight scale rally Nats round three. I think this was in Blackpool. Uh, um, England, it, no, I no, it was it? in uh, Northwest North Nitro. Nitro, yeah. Okay, and Wheaton, I think they consider that Blackpool. I could be wrong, but we see Johnny Skidmore, man. Is a separate one. Okay, Johnny Skidmore, I told you, most underrated eight scale driver out there. He takes the win. I do, yeah, I do have to say, like, because this was like Boots had no issues, so it was just Johnny straight up beating him, like, no. And there's his brother, just, William, yeah. in third, and there's Bootsy. Yeah, I have to say, after the, what was it called, the Italian race, mm-hmm. you was like, oh, Boots is, um, Boots is back, whatever. I'm not convinced it, okay? Like, I know Johnny is really fast, okay? But, like, if Boots wants to be on that level where he can win a year again, I think mm-hmm. he needs to beat Johnny, like, every time he goes out there. Oh, I know? agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree, but he, uh, he isn't. So <laughs> yeah, 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 he is not. So that's that's what's up with that. Uh biggest race this week. Also, we had some. N1. Actually, I have I had some. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Um, oh, I knew you was N1. gonna like this because yeah. it's got it's 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 aerodynamic. Oh, okay, yeah. It. So yeah, I, so basically, you can see it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically what they have is like wings on the arms. Now here's the thing I'm a little bit oh what the hell's going on here? He has a titanium screw here, but then a steel screw here. I didn't even notice that, but now that I did, I don't know. Yeah, OCD that. kicked in. Yeah, my OCD took the took the best of me. But yeah, basically they have the wing here in the front and then on the rear arm as well. Mm-hmm. I do have to say I don't know if this is legal by AFR standards. Last time I spoke with Carlos at the e-bug Euros, this wouldn't be illegal. Mm. So that that's one thing. Another thing is that I'd be interested to see like if this actually worked. Like I think it might be even better to let the air flow freely through their arms, but who knows? I mean maybe maybe they did some testing and they liked it, but yeah. Also, one thing is they have a new rear um, wing, rear tower. Yeah, wing. What to call it? Wing mount. mount. Because yeah, yeah because it used to, to be bottom. just this. Mm. Yeah, it used to be just here, but now it's attached to the arm mount in the bottom. So mm, interesting. Yeah, they they are definitely improving the car. Um, but one thing I do have to say is I do admire the way they are going just against the strain in every every way, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like they are doing different things, and I do appreciate that a lot. So. I am not gonna. I lie. really, I, I want one of these. I really cars. hope they, 
I really hope they succeed. Like, I really, really hope they succeed. I really want one. Even I just want to build it and and put it on the shelf because I have nowhere to race. I think they're cool. Uh, I think I really do. All right. Uh, big race this past weekend was the Afro One Eighth Nitro Offered B Championships. Uh, let's touch on this a little bit because I did talk about the B Championships. Of I would like to see a Nationals B Championship. Uh, tell us a little bit about the B Championships, real quick, Max, and then we'll talk about this past because the track looked amazing. That facility looked amazing. Long Vic. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's number one. The B years, like it was definitely looked uh, looked really nice. The the facility. Um, I have never been here, but uh, yeah, I wish I wish I had gone. Uh, well, I can't go to the beers, but we sh- we'd have some big grays at the venue like this because really nice. Um, but about the beers, um, I think you know. Unfortunately, these aren't uh, the race isn't as um, popular. Like in terms of um, coverage, in terms of like, like they are, it's it's popular in terms of like entries and in terms of like how mm-hmm. many young guys go there. But I think this should be even more promoted, you know, by Efra and by RC Racing TV, all that. Because when I used to race Bros, RC Racing TV used to always go there. Um, they used to always be there. Now there was, there was there coverage. Yeah, um, InfoRC was there, but InfoRC yeah. is this yeah, is his, this is I mean. from InfoRC right here. But that's yeah. that's him up there with a camera talking into a mic. You know, that's with his own camera. Yeah, that, that's and I what think I mean. Does a good job because, of that. Yeah, that's what I mean. That it's actually like I think this could be. Like even now, like you have the drivers. Remy Bermudez is like one of the fastest up and coming racers in Europe right now. You had Bartosz Szelewski there. He finished mm-hmm. the A main at the B, um, no, not B, the Ibagiros. You had Robert Bate, Reno Savoya. They're helping their team drivers. Ongaro. Um, oh, yeah. Ongaro was there as well. Uh, I go on, as you could see there in the video. All of these people were there helping the team drivers. So, this is being seen as, you know, a great stepping stone. I, I think they had way over 100 entries. I can't remember how they many. They had 140 entries. Yeah, 140. Yeah, that's, a full, that's like a capped list, a full list of drivers. So, and it's only a one-weekend event. So I, I really, really do believe this could be one thing Ephra should so, showcase much better. I do have to say this video has been amazing so far that you showed by InfoRC, yeah. so... Big thanks to uh, InfoRC for doing the coverage, but that's kind of the only thing, the only negative thing about the bureaus is the coverage could be better mm-hmm. because I think yeah. the racing is always good. You know, I went um, in 2000. Yeah, Pariente was there. Uh, Salevsky here, he had some issues in the main, but lots of fast drivers and uh, up, up and comers, you know. So. Yep. Yeah, I went in 2011, 2013, yeah, 2011, 13, 14, and uh, 15, I didn't go anymore. So I went three times. 
each time it's like a great event. There was always some like top drivers, you know. Um, in 2011, uh, I can't remember who was there exactly, but there were lots of like names that ended up coming through the ranks. 2013, it was held at Ongara Ring. So obviously Ongara was there. He was like the big name. Nobody really knew about him. It was his home track. He, he was really fast, uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, Baruffalo, <laughs> we all know, ended up winning the race. Um, but all, all kinds of fast drivers were there. Then, um, 2014, Berton, he was fighting for the win. He had an unfortunate issue in the semis and didn't, didn't end up making the main. And, uh, since then, there's been like, um, Elias Johansson, he's a very fast driver in 10 scale, but this was sort of his one, one good eight scale performance of the fast. Like he was in a podium at the B Euros. Um, and there's been multiple, like when we go even back, Lee Martin has won the B Euros. Ronald yeah, Fox won it. Ronald Fox won it. Like this mm-hmm. was the, this was kind of B Euros was the race where David Ronald Fox like came through. Like this was his like, um, Kind of the race where, which like connected him and Adrian Bertin also. So like, definitely like consider Ronefag and Barufalo both have won B-Rose. And I think, you know, they, they, that alone should tell you like, it's actually a really, right. really good stepping stone. Right. You know? So I, uh, I was talking about this. So I had to pull up. I know a lot of my American friends and listeners don't know what this is. But if you watch this podcast and you saw that video, you see what it's all about. It's, it's, yes, there's some older guys involved in this as well, right? Because this is for, I look at the Eurobees as for those guys who may not, are not skilled enough to be at a, a Euro Ace. And this is also a stepping stone for these young guys, right? To make a name for mm-hmm. themselves, get noticed. I would love to see this in America. I would love to see a Raw Nationals B because people, and some people were arguing and they said, well, we have a, we have a youth, uh, 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 watch call it race. I'm like, yeah, but that's there's not many youth at the nationals, right? And they take the top 15, yeah. and it's a big disparity. Like it was like Jonah Wilson and Little Bump versus and Caden Fuller versus like just regular kids out there. Like you know what I mean? Those yeah. kids, they're they're young too, but these were like you know you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And we just saw like a Remy Bermude, he's good. Daniel Parent, uh, uh, Adrian Parente, sorry, not Daniel, that's Adrian. Uh, Barlowski's good. These guys are good. They're good racers, but just not there yet, right? Even I saw Astorini. Gabriel Astorini is a young guy I met at RCGP. He's been doing a lot of racing. I would rather see, I would rather see, this is my thing, I'd rather see them take E-Buggy, Nitro Buggy, Truggy, E-Truggy, and do uh, a 1-8 scale Nationals A. Uh, I would say that the top 50 from the previous year are already in, and then Mm -hmm. um, I would take the top 30 or I don't know, take the top 25, 25 or 30 from this race and put them in this race. I don't know how I would do it. Right. But I would, I would love to see the, I would love to see lower. I would love to see the nationals a be something you have to attain. Right. Like reward for the battle drivers and whatnot. But I would love to see the nationals B be like this. And then, these if and it's so much better for like I saw how many people were sent to be representatives. Like each company sent somebody there to be a rep, right? Uh, yeah. Hot race 
Mayako had Robert and they had him for Hot Race, right? Ongaro went up there for the Associated guys, probably Matrix, I believe. Um, we saw Majube, he was there for HB support. Obviously, X-Ray had Igon. Savoya was there. All these different races were there to support this and mechanics. That, to me, that is so much more value than you trying to get advice from a, a racer when he's at the high, like, you, at the Nationals, like, people, it's very, it's it's stressful, right? There's a lot of money on the line for these drivers. There's world buffs on the line for these drivers. You know, all this type of stuff. This would be so much more value for these companies it will give a much more of a, uh, a spotlight on these up and coming races because they're going to be fast. They can, they're going to be there to put on a show, so they got the you know they got some experience with that. But then they get these on they get the attention from these not just the not just the, the people that make the aiming, but people on the teams. They get the attention of a pro driver and a mechanic that they would not get at a race where that guy is competing because he's got to be worried about wrenching on his cars and competing. So I I. I really would love to see something like this in America. I think it would be good. I think only good things could come out of it. If you see it, I, I thought it was an excellent race. I wish it did have better coverage. Like I wish, really wish RC Racing TV was there. No offense to InfoRC. I really appreciate his coverage. He does a great job for just a camera. talking. He's, he's literally commentating and moving the camera at the same time. That's what he's doing. So uh, I think it's a great idea. I think... Um, I talked to Clayton about this. Some a lot of people seem to like the idea. Obviously, some people don't. Everybody wants to have regionals back, which I would like to see as well. But this will be something for people to look forward to. Make it prestigious. I'd rather see a, a nationals B than this failing ENATS that we keep seeing here in America that doesn't get any interest. The e buggy, it the only way the ENATS is the e buggy class is going to fill up at a nationals is to put it alongside Nitro. It's the only way. It's not going to mm-hmm. have the e-buggy guys only. I'm going to go there. There are more. Those guys prefer to race where there's classes, sportsman intermediate, stuff like that. Um, and the Nitro guys don't seem to want to go to just an e-buggy race, right? I know it's different in Europe, which is strange enough, where e-buggy is not as popular, right? Because Nitro is still king yeah. in Europe, right? But the e-euro sells out all 140, 50 entries. So... I really want to see some. I mean, just looking at that video, you can see the emotions. Like that kid won in his home country. Like you know what I mean. His family were happy. You know, Remy Bermudez. He's he's been on the he's he's been doing well at races, but he's not making mains and stuff like that. But this race will help boost these guys and and give them a pathway. So I, I think it's a great idea. Hundred percent, and I think it's there's like many things at play here. It's not just you know, it's not just. Uh, a race for like the not the top drivers, but this is kind of the way where you cut out all the pros. So mm-hmm. it's actually like instead of having you know sportsman expert like or open or intermediate and then pro, you have this event where all of it is dedicated to these guys who would be the intermediate. You know. And this is the way to like, there, there are c- certain guidelines, like there's a set guideline that for the past five years, you can't make the Euro A top 50. Okay. If you make the top 50, then like you have to uh, like either quit RC for a while. So the five year runs out or you somehow have to lose some of your like uh, level and then go to the bureaus. 
But generally that doesn't happen. Most of the time it's like people who make the top 50, they get better and then they either quit altogether RC or something like this happens, you know? So that so far has worked quite well as a rule set. So if you at Furore, for example, like the last year's top 50, they are not able to go to this race, but the rest are, you know, the rest of these people are. And the, the great thing about this event is that, um, it's it like everything is same like the ERA, but but it's just for like those races that uh, are the up and comers that might not have like full chassis support, full manufacturer support, you know. And then kids like Remy Bermudez, okay, he's already proven himself on other big races, but like this could be a great stepping stone for him to be like. Okay, everyone knows about him now. He can be there. Mm-hmm. He can get the support. He knows what it like. Well, like X-ray knows to support him now, and uh, this also puts much more effort for manufacturers to actually support not only the drivers that are already established, but drivers that could become something. You know, have youth programs and such. I agree. So 100%. I I think I I think that's that's the main thing because we like. Almost every podcast we get a question like, "Oh, how how do we improve like young talents of America?" Like, here you go. Here you go. Like, okay, let me let me just show you guys what the podium looks like here. Let me scroll here. Here's the here's the top uh, twelve. So if you look at these kids, like, I don't see anyone. Like, there's a few that are a bit older. Looking. This gentleman here is pretty old. He might yeah. be the forty plus winner though. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you look at the podium, these kids barely fifteen. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think they're even close. Even like kids around here, Salevsky's young. This kid is young. Like, this is how you do it. This is how you get young talent. Like, Igon was pitting for uh, Bermudez, and then um, there was definitely S works drivers like Sartel probably helping Pariente. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, all other extra drivers helping Salevsky most likely and so on, you know, this is how you get these kids to come up. And I think he is Dylan Saunders actually from UK, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, or I can't see. Yeah, I can't see, but let me see the results because it says it here. Uh, yeah, Dylan Saunders. I I 100% agree with you on this. Um, Billy Grindley also met him. I met Dylan. I believe I met Dylan and Billy at uh at RCGP. I, I I don't I it's for the life of me, man. People are say things like about this race. I'm just like, man, you guys like I think it's just a great oh look at uh Sylvia from Team Brownies. They were there as well. Nice people from Switzerland. Uh I just think look at this track. I thought this track was I don't, yeah. This is where the Euro should have been. Jesus, look how nice yeah. I was. But this track is nice. I re- and then it has a really badass on road track right next to it, right? Yeah, like it's a it's a beautiful facility. I love it. Um, man, I can't say enough about how much I think that this is really good for up and coming racers or even just hobbyists who don't want to be have the pressure of going to a Euro uh, a Euros A and for the for the for the manufacturers, it's a no-brainer. Like it's absolutely 100%. valuable for them and for the racer. So, 
when when I was talking about this, I know a lot of my American friends do not understand what I was talking about. Some of them do because a lot more Americans are following now. But uh, that's what I'm talking about right there. And congratulations to Remy Bermudez. Yeah. On on top of that, like youth thing, actually one thing that I wanted to say is that in Europe, the thing is that for us, the Euros are not like, okay, um, sign up, try to be the fastest one to sign up, which in my opinion is just a ridiculous way to guide who gets in and who gets down. Like, we have it so that every country is allocated a certain number of spots. So, like, every country requests, like, okay, we have 10 drivers who would like to attend, uh, and so on. And then, you know, obviously the size of the country, how they've done before, things like that are taken into account. And then you end up, like, either giving everyone their places if the number matches what the maximum capacity is, or then some countries you have to cut a few places out. For MEX, for example, in 2011, I did want to go to the A Euros that year, and all, or like A and B Euros, but I didn't end up getting the spot for the A Euros, okay? So then I was like, okay, I can still make the B Euros. 2012, I did both. Uh, sorry, 2013, I did both. Um, A Euros and B Euros, same in 2014, A Euros and B Euros. So this is a way for those drivers that in their country couldn't maybe make the Euros, A Euros, they, they still have a chance at the B Euros because most of mm-hmm. these top drivers at least don't have the chance to go to the A Euros. So that's one really good thing about it. And I think instead of having what Roar has like 200 entries or something, is it one 100 something per class? Um, no, I think it's 250 actually. So 125 per class or 250 per class? 250 per class, I believe. Really? Yeah. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, I don't know, but either way, like, instead of having that massive amount of people at the one race, you could have two events where, like, the guys who maybe don't want to, maybe don't want to, like, attend, uh, ANATs want to support, want to see like the top guys helping them. I think that could be a very good thing having B-Rows. I do see that as much more beneficial for especially the young drivers, but for people who are just having RC as a hobby, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, is like, this is like the perfect situation for people like Drake, you know? Like mm-hmm. he would he would know how to handle it. You, you could have setup clinics, like every brand could have their setup clinic. And also, when you would decrease the amount of entries at the Rornats, you could add e-buggy into it, e-truggy into it, you know? Yeah, so you that was the, what the I was talking entries, about. Yeah, you decrease the amount of entries at Rornats, you introduce Roar B-Nats, and you could have e-buggy, because, okay, the, the reason in Europe why we don't have e-buggy and Nitro at the same race and why don't we don't race truggy is because that's how it has been, you know? We are used to that. We used to, we go to a race, we just race Nitro buggy, Obviously, now you have more more races where both are combined, but all, all the official races mostly just one class. Mm-hmm. And even at uh, ten scale euros, you run the two wheel drive and four wheel drive classes separately. Separately, you run four, yeah. The, yeah, force the two wheel drive in three days and then three days before wheel drive. So this is kind of the difference that 
okay, in America, people actually enjoy to run multiple classes, and this has this is the norm. People are used to this. So, and people don't want to go to eBuggy Nats. That's like we we've gone been through this. Like it's been so many years, it hasn't worked out. So combine those, introduce B Nats, and uh, make it uh, more profitable for the club as well. You know somehow so that you get more clubs like wanting to have the nationals at their track because right now there's so many things that are not working about the nationals and i wish that could be fixed and i think this could be the nationals the few nationals the few nationals works it's the e nats that's having the issues right Uh, because what happened was what what caused the big fire was they they got rid of mini truggy and four-wheel drive short course and by the rules 13.9 they had three pre-entries by the deadline. People mm-hmm. like, well, we sign up on the day. So Clayton made the decision, Roy made the decision to eliminate Mini Truggy and Four Wheel Drive Short Course. They had three entries in Short Course, three entries in Mini Truggy, five in Four Wheel Drive Short Course. Now these people got mad at me, but these classes are pretty much on a. They probably on a regional basis at a club race, they're probably good, but on a mm-hmm. national level, they ain't well. And people were like, well, people will sign up. And I went and looked at the entries from last year. It was like eight. Mini Truggies last yeah. year, and it was like maybe a little bit more than that four wheel drive short course, and it was it just caused a big stink. But they were right by their rules; they were right because this is what happens, right? Everybody mm-hmm. wants rules until rules apply to them, yeah, in a way that they yeah. don't like them. So, and I said this on the podcast, and uh, it's it's the American racing has been so long without r- proper rules and proper federation that what's going on now is normal to people. What the rules are on the right. We hit the table too hard. Ah, there I am. Am I back? <laughs> yeah, you're back. Uh, it's just that my internet's bouncing up and down. It's not, it looks like yeah. it's not going to be too good. But anyway, I ranted enough about that on the, on the live show. I think the Euro, I think the Euro bees is great. I think a national bees is great. Uh, combine, make one, just one, one eight scale. Nationals with e-buggy, e-truggy, and all that stuff. Lower the, that, lower the count cap. Have a be nuts. Yeah, maybe you bring could, back. You bring could back nationals. Sorry. Yeah. Bring back regionals. Everyone is they want regionals. Well, here's how it starts. Let's get regional reps going in each region in America. That's how it starts. Because that could be the countries. That could be the yeah. countries. Like it's silly to me because if you look at statistics about Europe or statistics about America, there's between 350 and 400 million people in Europe, there's 330 million people in America. If you look at states such as Colorado, there's about 5 million people, the country size of Finland. If you look at California, 40 million people, that's about the size of like France, you know, these countries. Like there's, there's no difference really in that. Mm-hmm. Only difference is that it's just not organized. There's not any organization behind all of manpower it. manpower because it's been so long with all of a proper federation so yeah and now they're trying to turn things around and they need manpower and help to do that yeah. right so i say if you want a regionals get involved in your regional in your region yeah that's the best way all right max uh that's i wanted you to chime in on the euro because you've done it I think I thought it was great. Uh, real quick, we're going to go through some quick results real quick. They had the INS race, J Concepts, INS Summer Indoor Nationals at the Hobbyplex this past weekend. Uh, just going to go through 13.5. We had Doug Laverier from, you know, he's 
part Canadian. He came in 13-5, four-wheel drive buggy. He came first, Tyler Hook second, Nate Sutherland uh, third, Zach Gastelum fourth, Alex Sturgeon coming in at fifth. Uh, Doug had a really good weekend in stock. Um, in two wheel, 17-5, two-wheel drive buggery. So Doug Laveria also in that. Nate Sutherland, Mason Templeman, my good buddy, Riley Filbert. He came in fourth. And Emerson Sturgeon, the son of Alex Sturgeon, coming in fifth. And in mod, two-wheel drive buggy, we saw Brock Champlin take the win, Dustin Evans behind him, Aiden Horn in third, Tom Rinderneck in fourth, and Ryan Cavallari in fifth, and our favorite 10-scale Mexican racer, Matty G, was in sixth. He did not die. He did not get sick, so that's good. No spleen medicine needed. And in four-wheel drive... Did he get deported? Is he, like, actually Mexican? No, but he is, yes, he is Mexican-American. But he is American. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's not like gonna get deported because we no, shot him out on the podcast. No, he's legal. I just like to tease him. <laughs> uh they call him Beaner. Uh I don't know if that's a term that we're supposed to use on her or whatever, but he calls himself that. Uh and in four wheel drive, we saw Aiden Horn take the win over Brock Champlin, Dustin Evans, who like this guy like Dustin Evans, every time I think like he's too old to win he, or do well, he's podium, right? Paul Lemieux on Chase, who's been doing really good, came fourth, uh, Tom Rendonek in fifth, and Matty G in sixth. So good job there. I did watch a bit of that. Man, I have to say, uh, Olsen's coverage is getting so much better. He has, like, pictures of the drivers now, right? Yeah, so he has pictures of the drivers right next to it. So it's really good. Um, All right. So real yeah, quick, I have, we have to some... say, I have to say, ahead, like, sorry. the 10-scale scene, like, I don't know if I'm just so out of it or if it's just like so oh, I'm I'm liking it. So I'm loving like, 10 scale. I I love that. I love this like 10 scale and stuff, but I feel like they're just like maybe I'm not following the right pages on Facebook, but I the thing is like I never get any news from this race. I didn't even know this race was happening. I was thinking like what the hell are you talking about when you started naming that? Because you are because like many people, you ain't checking the NNRC Facebook page. Because I post all this stuff up there. Okay, yeah, I know, but like, still, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, okay, I have to say it could just be me that I don't follow it, and then you know it doesn't show up. Well, if but, you're not interested in it, it it, it doesn't yeah, matter. But the right? thing is, I I think like ten scale is actually probably I wouldn't say more competitive, but it's a lot of young drivers in ten scale who are super super fast. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in Europe, like Harrop, Hall Brothers, like the BRCA uh, 10 scale series is like crazy stacked, you know? I agree. These guys are like all super, super fast. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe don't it's know just, either, I, 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 you're I just don't want to like, blame anyone because it could be just me that I don't see. I think it's just you. I think you're just not focused on 10 scale. Yeah. Uh, uh, we see the HB is finally coming out, the HBD8 World Spec 1 8-scale competition nitro buggy without body shell, I will add. Uh, thoughts on this, Max? I'm sure you have some. Can you zoom in for me on some? Uh, how do I do this? It doesn't seem to want to zoom in, or I'm not. Let, 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 let me do some. Okay, I'll remove that. But while you do that... Uh, okay. Okay, there you go. Okay, here we are. HB Racing. Um, we don't open. Let's open now. 
What the hell? Wow, that's more. What the fuck? Why can't we get a proper picture? Oh no, we got something. <laughs> oh, that was safe. This is like proper fuck. Okay, finally. Okay. Well, that, this is like the worst picture ever. But, um, okay, this is awful. I can't do this. Okay. Yeah, I guess he was right. It just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Great radio, bro. We don't even have any real pictures. I thought this was real pictures, but. Oh, right. what the hell? Now it worked. There we go. Okay, 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 okay. Um, let me open it here. Okay, now we got it. So basically, big changes for this car uh, are the shorter arms in front, then the chuggy uh, front hubs and knuckles. Uh, I think... I think there wasn't much other difference. It might be a wider pin in the rear and shorter arm, but I can't remember exactly. Maybe we should check from the text. Maybe they say it. Um, I should have prepared for this, dude. You should have. Where is the text, by the way? There isn't text. Uh, uh, features. Here we go. I mean, I guess. Uh, no, there's nothing there either. There, there's no text. Okay, I I gotta say it it can't just be me this time. Like this 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 is not. No, I can't find it either. We do have a manual. Let me just go through the car. Okay, so basically, pretty similar car. Front end updated. They they had some spare parts for the truggy and decided they had to get rid of them. Um, so they put it in the buggy. Uh, now I do have to say. Oh gosh. I do have to I do have to say that I'm not pleased with these changes. And the reason why that is is that I did like I did like the old HP front end. I think that never was the in an issue of the car. I think the car was actually quite well balanced altogether. Like row center choices they made, I might have you know adjusted them for some tracks, but Overall, I, I felt the old HP car was the, one of the most balanced, uh, well-functioning cars, you know? So I don't really know what they were going for with this new front end. Was it more aggressiveness, more initial steering? The thing is that they're running 22 degrees of caster, which is insane, but they have to do it so the initial steering rolls out, which is my guess of it. Um, but I do have to say, looking at results this year, um, Mason Fuller, uh, I haven't seen a strong race from him yet. Ogden did all right at the dirt, but that track was very, um, it was like very specific. It was really small, really bumpy, you know, very specific to that type of track. There's not many tracks like that around. Um, so I do have to say results, not that great. I don't know what I, I would like to hear, you know, what these team drivers feel about the new car, because from what I've heard, at least the feedback in Europe hasn't been too positive. Uh, and in Finland, everyone who runs HP runs the old car still. 
so yeah i i don't know i i don't really know why they released this car because i feel the old car is still gonna be do they better. have quick change diffs i i i do have to say i doubt that because that would be That's a lot of plastic not... and molding that they have to use yeah, I, I do. That's why all that I stuff's really aluminum, right? Yeah, that's, that's why all that stuff's aluminum, like the, so they don't have yeah. to make uh, plastic molds yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, new arms. That's that's the ones. I I gotta say I don't know exactly, but from what I've seen and read, I only see the new front end, new arms stuff. That's kind of the new thing. I'm so, pretty sure uh, HB Nation is gonna be so upset with our interpretation of this. Um, I do, I, yeah, and uh, the thing is, like, I don't, uh, from the standpoint of car design, I don't see anything better with this new car. I don't see, like, okay, now you've done this and it's solved a uh, thing about the car. Because HP always had good steering, like, com- compared to Kyosho, compared to, like, for example, Mayako, which are the other C-Hub cars on the market right now, like, mm-hmm. top-performing C-Hub cars on the market. Yeah, HP always, like, had the best steering of the three. That's what I've heard from like all the drivers. When I've tried HP, HP always had good steering. Then, you know, uh, the balance of the car, really good. In my opinion, worked very well on low grip. Uh, good results altogether. Fuller was doing really well last year, finishing top three at the nationals. So I don't like, I do have to say that I don't have any. Like I don't, I don't see a way they've improved in terms of results. And looking at the car alone, I don't see a way which this would actually improve the car. Like I understand that they have a lot of kingpin inclination, that they have a lot of caster. So th- those two things together make it more stable. And maybe mm-hmm. they they imagine that uh, those two things with the more aggressive, you know, scrub radius could you know make the car uh, actually kind of give back some of the stableness with those changes, but still have the thin scale feeling of that low C type front end, which they have on the truggy. And, but I don't know, like, did they actually properly test it out? And well, I mean, they've been testing it for quite some time. Yeah. But did they like compare it? Because the thing is like, since they released it for the worlds, everyone's just been running it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see like them running it anywhere before the worlds. And after the words, they just run it. So okay. I don't know. I, I do have to say, I kind of wish like Fuller or someone would try the old car again. And then, you know, okay. Actually, I do have to take some back because like I just completely missed out that feed it very well at the Silver State. <laughs> like that was a very <laughs> strong result. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, I think if they all went back to the old front end, they would do better. I, that's my. Okay. Yes, but okay. I don't, I don't know for sure. All right, but I do have to say, I'm like sure overall, that I'm sure that we'll get messages I, about the new car. I'm sure. Oh, 100%. I'm People sure. are going to be mad at me because already. But um, I do have to say that I'm a little bit disappointed at the HP because I don't see like a positive direction right now. With the mm-hmm. cars, you know, because the four-wheel drive, the release new car, all the like, but yeah, that 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 two-wheel drive was a flop. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? It, the release was a flop. The four-wheel drives out, like, I'm 
Yeah, with it's the full drive, like they've done like the HK Lee style chassis braces, which like everyone's like, why the hell do they do that? And I think they've gone. Uh, it's a shame because HP was like after David left, like HP has gone in my eyes like downhill quite far. Oh you know, my said, gosh! Said, uh, I can see. I can see all the hate mail coming now. No, I don't. I don't say that it's because of David, but I think I think it's like uh, sort of the direction was a bit lost for a while. I don't it, like just that. I think David, it's about money. That's what I think it's about. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it's I about. That's why we see all this aluminum. Like it's 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 no it's no it's no um secret that prior to David's release, it was very hard to get parts. I, yeah, you yeah. know, I've, I've talked to a few HP guys. They're not happy with what's come, like local regular guys. They're not happy with what they've done um, with the new car. And when you see all that aluminum, that isn't because, hey, we, we want to treat it to aluminum parts because it's just cheaper than making new yeah, molds. Yeah. And I've talked to many HP guys that are fed up with the 3,031 diff, uh, diff shims they have to use in each diff, uh, each rear diff or whatever. And they've been asking for quick change diffs. So I think that's what people were wanting with a new car, but what they got was all the parts on some new parts, but and you know nothing groundbreaking. And I think it all just comes down to money, right? And yeah, I do have to say so. But I, I, just I, do, not I having... think like they could have done changes to the car, which would have been cheap, but uh, like significantly had some sort of factor wow they changed stuff you know they have this new brand new groundbreaking thing mm. but now they just released a car with like slightly different front end which i don't i wouldn't even believe would work better you know because like every brand had went away from it losi went away from it techno went away from it every single brand has gone away from this front end you know right so Sorry. like and even like I have to say, Joseph, he he designed a Lucy front end and then went away from it after the first okay. first year. But yeah, put on your flame I, suit because we're gonna get flamed by HP Nation. We're gonna get flamed, but I the do have to say, is like, coming after us because I see HP as a as a good platform. I think the car I, think, I think the regular yeah. car now is still great. Like whatever yeah. people and, love it on a regional level. Obviously, yeah. like people are asking for certain things, like the quick change diffs and. You know, you, you heard rumors about, oh, the molds are getting older because, you know, after you have to use so many di- shift uh, dims, uh, shims, and yeah. all that type of stuff. Oh, the, but... the, the diff case is like 15 years old. Hara <laughs> won the fucking worlds with that diff case. <laughs> I mean, but the car still works, right? It the still works still on a works. regional I mean, level. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's it's no, I mean, look at, look at Fee. He, he came second, right? And, yeah, and whatnot. yeah. So I, the only thing I have kind of because I don't see this sort of direction and uh, organize like organized and professional image that HP had when Adrian and David was part of it. That's mm-hmm. a lot of gone. You know, a lot of it's gone. Like performer and everything, they kind of went hand in hand with like David and Adrian. And mm-hmm. when they decided to leave, I think all of it kind of like they had to rethink everything. And obviously, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that a lot of brands are struggling with money. And I mm-hmm. don't think HP is like, would be weird. It would different. be weird if they wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, Any different. 
Like, I think they kind of went on saving mode for a while. I hope they come back stronger because right now what I'm seeing, I don't think they are. I, I think they're kind of playing a safe game right now. They are not. Uh, I would, I would agree. I would agree. Anything. I would agree. That's the word. I would, that's great wording. All yeah. right. Um, we're going to pay some bills real quick. And then we're going to come back and we're going to finish up the RC news. Then we're going to go into our main interview. And then we're going to go into some hot race, hot laps. I think we've gone a little longer. We're going to save the bench racing Q&A questions for next week when we talk about the Euros. Uh, we're going to look at the Euros and the hot race, hot laps. But uh, thank you to Beach RC for all their support. Wheeling Triggers getting it was awesome the other night. Shout out to Brent and all those guys, Lucas, Derek, and everybody there at Beach RC. Uh, one love. Love you guys like life. We have an affiliate link. If you guys can use it, it helps us out. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. That's right. Thank you to BeachRC for all the support. Go over to Wheel and Trigger. Hit that sub button for them. Go over to their BeachRC YouTube. I see uh, Lucas has a Pro MX bike. So I expect a review of that coming out very soon. Um, all right, Max. So a couple more things in news real quick. Sparko, man. Sparkers are making some sparks. Yeah, they they, have, they just um, announced a new European distributor, and then this news we have. Who is this is, distributor uh, in in Europe? I think it was FDL. I don't know the shop, yeah. but they announced a European distributor. So yeah, and they're a distributor in America's Power Hobbies up in New Jersey. Yeah. And um, everybody, I have to say that the marketing for Sparko has been pretty good. It's been very oh, aggressive. 100%. Like it's crazy. It's crazy how some of these brands like. They would have put the potential if they did the marketing like Sparko done. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, how did they do it differently? Because it's not, they, they haven't put out much, but people are being going crazy about this car. Crazy. I know. I, all I heard is people talking about Spark. At first, it was a yeah. joke, right? Sparko, Sparko, little Sparks. Now it's like peop, people cannot stop talking. Like, yeah. I'm like, the N1s out there doing something completely different. And it's just like, yeah, yeah it's an <laughs> N1. But Sparko. It's like it's like sparkles, sparkles. Look, sparkles. Um, so that's a lot true. of people been like that's. I didn't even think about it, but actually, I wanna I wanna touch on that because N one should be the one people talking about all the time. You know, that should be mm-hmm. the one people talking about. But since the initial release, people have been not talking about it that much. You know, people are like, oh, I'm gonna get it. I okay. I think some of it has to do with the long time between like. They were actually gonna get the car and when they would release. But I don't know. I don't know what Sparker is doing right, but they did something right. Maybe it's the they fact are sparkling. That they 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 released it on winter. That could be one, because people are not racing as much. Whereas mm-hmm. the N one was released during the summer. Um another thing the, the name. I, I really think it's gotta the fucking name. name. I do have to say it it's gotta be the name. name. <clears throat> yeah. Um so the big news is that so a lot of people want to know Tyler Jones has got one, right? So Tyler Jones has he he was running an N one, he left Agama. I believe he's running for uh the people VRT. visions who do the 
yeah, VRP who VRP. did things. Yeah, who did I was uh, who do the pistons and stuff like that. And he's pretty much private on chassis. I know he's running Mugens right now. So Sparko sent him a car. So everybody's geeking out on that. Uh, I will say that uh, just because people get cars, doesn't mean they're going to end up running it, right? Um, yeah, we yeah. sent, I remember JQ Racing sent him a black edition. Nobody ever knew about it. I don't, I'm not saying that Sparko has hired him. A lot of people are like, what do you think? Do you think that uh, what he'll do with the car? And I, and I, and I don't, I don't want to be hard on Tyler Jones, but I, I think if he makes a mains with it, he's doing better than what he's been doing previously because he hasn't <laughs> yeah. been really making mains, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. so if he makes these finals with it, I will say this at, um, at no, PNB, I, don't think he's, I don't really think he's going to race it. I think he's going to race the Mugen for the beginning at least. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Sparkle. Yeah. We'll see. I will tell you this. He looked very good with the N1 at PNB. He flamed out or ran out of fuel, uh, in a bump spot. But, uh, I mean, I, I've said this before. He's, he's a very highly talented uh, racer, but has not lived up to the hype after the PMB win back in 2019. And um, he's had chances to do that, right? He's, he's He was yeah. on Agama. Yeah. He was on Techno. He went back to Agama. I still think his best time in that time was when he was on the Agama. Um, and, I mean, we'll see what happens if he races the Sparko. He can race whatever he wants. It's. I think everybody's gonna be watching to see what he does. I mean, even people are afraid. It was a spark with the Eurobees, like you know, and all this type of stuff. So, a lot of hype around this car. Uh, but I still kind of just feel it's it's another car in an already saturated chassis market that we that is one eight scale racing. I think I think people don't even realize how many cars are out there. Right, because I don't think the, people not, have any idea how many cars. The Ming Yang is on its way to America. The the people that make. HB HB <laughs> make Ming Yang and it's just a H it's pretty much an HB clone that's cheaper yeah. and it's maybe it's coming to America. Maybe HB will just like uh be called what it would be MY My Racing. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be like a Sims. That would be like the lamest name ever. Oh my MY God. Racing, My Racing. I don't know who the distributor of the Ming Yang is gonna be in America too. They'll release they'll re- We'll release that when it's gonna be happening, but it's pretty. Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's not. But um, I believe that the, Yang, the people that make the HB make the Ming Yang, right? Or yeah. like, I think Ming- they're they're a Taiwanese company, so probably right. not in Chinatown, to be honest. So considering um, <laughs> considering the beef between those. So things. that's a that's like another car coming on the market, and the price point on that's actually pretty good. I'm been told. And then we have the Italian BMT. Well, yeah, now, BMT is bit- please, okay, before we go to Italian BMT, please, someone make the fucking subway meme about this car. I want to see it posted to the NNRC Discord. Like someone going to subway, ordering Italian BMT, and then they get uh. this car. <laughs> what do you I know about BMT? They, they're all, uh, they've been around for quite some time. I have no freaking clue. Let me let me just open the link. Uh, it's not really showing. Okay, here we go. Oh, great! It's in Italian. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Auto Modello BMT. Okay, so I was looking at this earlier today, um, and I do have to say, there's absolutely nothing. 
special about this car. <laughs> it's like th this is the annoying bit. Okay, so if you guys if you guys have seen a Hobao car like a Hyper Seven Eight Nine, this is just a fucking miss and match of those parts. These it does are look like 7. that. Even the shocks. Yeah, these are Hyper 7 or 8 upper arms. I know this for a fact because we found that these would fit the JQ back in the day and Joseph mm -hmm. had some spare since he ran on bar. So we tried these on. Um, like Even the top plate the, looks like the old Habao top plate. I know, and it has like the old design of having the uh, radio tray here. It has even the fucking switch mount. Uh Oh, sorry, receiver box here in the back. And like the wing mount. Like, imagine if you, you remember the Hobao wing mount where the wing mount was part yes. of the wing. This looks, looks like that. Look how big those diff cases are. Yeah. Oh. So wow. basically, this is just the rebranded car that they bought from the factory that used to make Hobao. I really like those okay. yellow brake calipers, though. They look yeah, those are nice. Those are nice. S works has, or at least used to have like those. Are the so brands. we have another another car in the already saturated and flooded chassis market. Oh yeah, there's also a Ming Yang that's rebranded to RS2 Pirate. Yeah, that's they in sell it in France. No, no, that's been uh, that's been in France for a few years, but people yeah. just don't really know about. Okay. And this is like and like. Uh, like there's a lots of cars in like Italy and France where they just sell it to the local market. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's also like Radio Sistemi. They used to make, you know, their own car. Like Chrono was like the infamous car from Radio Sistemi. They used to be like a big play in the market. And mm -hmm. then they ended up just selling some like Asian, like standard car as Radio Sistemi. And they tried to have a team around that, which didn't end up working. And like, I just, there's so many out there. So many out there. I think Soar is still alive somewhere, maybe. Soar? S-O-A-R? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Gene Hickerson still runs it, I believe. Yeah, and then Caster. He has so much parts. Caster, we were talking about Caster in the last podcast. And then... Ah, uh, crazy. It's so much out there. There's too many. Too many, But Sparkers dude. making all the sparks. Sparkers making the sparks. Um... Yeah, dude. Dude, it's just too much. It's crazy. Um, all right. Also, last bit of news. Uh, so this kind of for people, the Australians are freaking out. Uh right now, also I want to say that the people Asian saw market, yeah. People saw a picture of Kyle McBride and they went crazy. <laughs> right, because the rumor was he retired, but he hasn't really officially yeah. announced that. But he's gone to OZRC or Oz RC. I know Andrew Ford works for them. And he's a TLR driver. He's currently I think at he the just, Asian. I, I think he just went there for a photo shoot. Well, I heard, I don't know how true this is. I heard he's actually working there, maybe. Really? Um, it could be. Uh, but uh, the, the Australians, some of the Australians are excited. Um, I don't know what the, I, look, so he, he was techno, S-Works. And a lot of these rides that he's been getting have been through the, the dealers there in Australia, right? Combined with probably some support from the manufacturers. But I don't know. Like, this guy should be at the Asian Buggy Championship racing 
right now. He shouldn't be doing photo shoots. Dude, right? he was doing a photo shoot. With the, the guy he did the photo day. shoot with is at the is at the fucking Asian Buggy Championships. <laughs> no, it says it here. <laughs> you know, he should be there, right? He should be there. I don't know what's going. On. I, you know what? I like Kyle. He is extremely, extremely fucking talented, right? He, what yeah. he has done as a racer coming from Australia, he fucking has won Silver State. He's made podiums at Worlds, countless podiums at Worlds. I think he won a. Did he do well at Reedy Race one time? But I would say that he has kind of squandered that talent. You know what I mean? He he should have fucking well when he was unassociated. When he first joined Associated, I was like, yeah, he's going to go to America. We said this over and over and over. He's going to go to America. He's going to spend some time there. He's going to fucking race. He's going to kick ass. And that just has never fucking happened. And it's mm-hmm. unfortunate. It's unfortunate because he that to make it, he has to come out of Australia, right? But this guy could come to fucking RCGP, come to Thunder Alley, and be fucking competitive. Okay, he wasn't very competitive at um the recent Worlds, right? But he was fuck barely racing. Yeah, yeah, barely racing. racing. Uh, here's the thing: I think his biggest, the biggest mistake of his career, in my opinion, was leaving Infinity, unless he got kicked out. Okay, if he did get kicked out, then Infinity. that was just, that was just unfortunate for him. But leave if he did leave Infinity, which from my from my mind it seemed like that. It seemed like mm-hmm. he left Infinity because he didn't like the way the car was going. That was the, in my opinion, the stupidest thing he could have done. <laughs> like, okay, hindsight is twenty twenty. I get it. Okay, but he was in a situation where he was. He could have got paid. He would have got paid. Could, he he would have get paid for doing absolutely nothing, like every other fucking Infinity driver. All they do is go play fucking golf and then go show up to Euros and end up making the main and they're good for another few few years, okay? So all Kyle needed to do, like Nato, when's the last time you see Nato race anywhere? No fucking idea. He's still one of the fucking most talented drivers out there in any class. Don't see him come over to any big race apart from some on-road worlds. And, you know, like... All Kyle needed to do at Infinity is go to a race once a month, make a short video explaining like, hey, I have this new Infinity uh, turnbuckle tool. What I do is I twist it like this, and he would have gotten paid by Infinity. And not not even like little fucking tiny bits where a distributor pays half of his salary like it was with S-Works. Like, he could have gotten paid properly, done fucking nothing, waited until they released the car, been happy with it and then been back at RC, like doing what he is capable of, you know? Or he ended up going to techno and that just like completely destroyed his career. Fuck, Max. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think going to techno completely destroyed his career. I think him leaving no, but like that, did Yeah, yeah. Destroyed. But they're like, he ended up going to techno, which he didn't like. Clearly, he did it for a year. Yeah. He, well, I he, think, I think it's a lot more than just that he didn't like. I think he wasn't live. he wasn't. Uh, like I believe the techno company wanted him to do things, right? Uh, techno importer wanted him to do things, and he wasn't. He okay, wasn't yeah, racing. He wasn't thing. racing. He, was still, he wasn't showing up to race. He wasn't practicing. He, he was still. He practicing. wasn't doing anything with, with techno. He was still practicing, but I think the issue with techno was that he he had been racing for associated for very long, and that was a like a car that he knew, 
Then he started racing HP, was a, one of the best cars at the time. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the best car at the time, especially for the Australian tracks. And then he went to like Infinity, which he, like, well, Infinity, I mean, he raced HP. And mm-hmm. then as, as he went out of Infinity, he went to Techno, which was a completely new car to him. Like he's been racing Kyosho, Associated, you know, like all these cars established. Techno, he would have had to find new setups. He was probably one of the only big guys running it. And that, like in Australia, especially. And then he did very popular didn't... car in Australia, though. Very popular. It's a very popular car, but I don't think he ended up putting the effort to get one. I agree. Car. I agree. And then agree. he didn't get the results. And he was getting beat my, by Alex. This is my yeah. He got beat by Alex. And my best guess is that uh, that's why he ended up getting frustrated and ended up quitting. But I do also have to say he also he was also running red sensings for the time when he was in techno. And uh, from what I heard, halfway through the season, he was just running the Red's head. So I don't know if the bits of the Red's engine fell off and he had to replace them, or if there was something oh wrong with oh the... my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> but that's what I heard. We're getting heard sued. We're getting sued. Um, I heard that he wasn't happy with the Red's engines, which, to be honest, Rivkin's doing well with them. Uh, other drivers are doing well with them. Canas is doing very well with them. Boots as well. So I don't think there's any excuse in that. Like something just didn't click. He didn't, maybe he didn't know how to get the engine to tune. So no shade to Reds. But I do have to say that after leaving Infinity, everything kind of fell apart. And I'm not blaming Techno or Reds for it. But I'm just thinking, I'm just saying that the situation kind of like things went didn't downhill. click for him after that. Yeah. And then yeah, when he saw, didn't see things going well for him, he has a girlfriend. He wants to live like adult life and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, I think that's sort of the way, that's why everything went downhill. I 100% think if he now, like if, if Infinity was like, hey, you could be a great guy for us because you're in Asia, you're in Australia. Run back, come back to Infinity and do this. He could wait for a year, do his thing. Then when he gets bored about life again, he could start racing RC and he could fucking dominate again. Well, um, this and I'm not kidding. Dude, he, he was like at RCGP. This guy, it's like, fast. it's like because I had never seen him race before, but he was crazy. He he had been running this HP for like a fucking few months, and he was matching David Ronnefark on lap time. You know, I know, I know. Crazy. Also, uh, crazy. Oz RC is the import of TLR, and that's what Andrew Ford runs. So maybe he's going to run TLR if he comes back. But I, I think this is his last chance. And also, uh, I, I think the only way he's gonna come back is if he gets bored of life. Because right well, now, if he, because the thing is, like, he's not gonna try his hardest right now. Because now he's like trying to get any last bits of, you know, money out of the industry. I think that's like, I think so too. I think he probably said, oh, I'm gonna go out and do some real life stuff. Then he realized that real life is like fucking boring and hard. Yeah. And that RC cars is much more fun. I don't know. I hope it works out for Kyle. I like him. I do. I do like him. I, I don't I like... Do. Yeah, but I hate I, when I people squander him. talent like that. I do. Yeah, and I what it does, it, I, I was actually... I, I, it actually hinders the whole Australian RC scene. You know what I mean? 100%. Because he could have... He, him traveling and, and putting... He, obviously, he's, put, he's been the best driver to come out of Australia, right? Uh, but he could have opened up doors for so many other younger drivers if he would have just got if he would have just 
he just had to, I, I don't know what the situation was, but I, I swear to God, if he would have just left when he joined Associated, he did. I heard he was supposed to do that. I heard he was supposed to go to America, hang out there, like just spend six months racing, going around racing. Like he would be, a, he would have fucking won a Worlds. He would have won a Worlds. He would have yeah. won a Worlds. I believe I, that. I, I, I mean, I don't even, I don't have anything to say against that. I, I, but what that does, I think he could have done it. What that does is now manufacture. You got this kid, Alex Bernardzak, who's fast. He can't, obviously, he can't afford to go to America and stuff like that. Like, and he isn't going to, he's not going to get those chances because companies just ain't going to spend that money on it, on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're like, hey, you know, look what happened. Like, it, it's, it's, that's frustrating. It could have opened up so much doors for Australian racing in my, in my, in my picture. And as for Infinity, I heard Kenji's big into go karts right now. Big, 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 big. Like, not even worried about the RC side of things a little bit. Still there, but really big into go-karting right now. That's yeah. And also, speaking of techno, did you see their new updates, their metal bumper? To what car? Didn't They have a new tech. Well, it looks like a new techno parts or something, and it's actually an aluminum. Uh, so it has an aluminum skid on the front, but it goes up to the bumper as well. Okay. But it's like really, yeah. My body should I, I, I think T Works has one like that, but when I see people run it, when you crash hard enough, what happens is the plastic behind it flexes and then the metal gets a uh, bend and then it ends up going fucking out of shape. I don't know. Maybe I, I saw a picture of it. Know. My body asked me what I thought about it. I don't know too much about it. Yeah. Um I don't know. Anyway, that was actually a very good rant. We both went on a rant yeah, on yeah. timer. Yeah. Kyle, don't get mad at us. We love you. We just, oh, we just, we, we we know how talented you are, but talent yeah. isn't enough. You have to have, you have to work hard, right? So, yeah. yeah uh, and, and to be honest, I have to say, if there's some like personal stuff that it, like mm-hmm. had ha- like had happened that made him like start stop focusing on RC that much, okay, I like I I'm not blaming him for any of this. I'm just like we are doing a podcast here. <laughs> We're just talking shit. So it's. I don't. I met Kyle at RCGP. He's a I met him too. Great, great dude, and his dad. Yeah, and yeah, both of them like amazing, and his talent crazy. So I don't have anything against him, and I don't like if he doesn't want to do RC. That's all. Good. I understand I, that too. I, have, I understand it, but it's just frustrating. It's I, frustrating. I wish I wish he did continue. You know, that's the that's the thing. I'm because he's I'm so like, good. He's that. That's how yeah. good he is. Right. That's how good yeah. he is. Um, all right. All right. Well, that was fun. Some news. We are going to, so I know we have some questions. We're going to do that next week because we're going kind of over schedule, uh, right now. We're going to come back here and do some hot laps real quick. Well, just have a, we're going to take a hot lap look at some of the upcoming races. But, uh, before we do that, we're going to go to our main interview with Kevin Abbott. And that is brought to you by Techno RC inside Wonderfuel. Uh, thank you to Side Wonder for coming on to the podcast. Morgan Fuel has been collaborating with many of the world's top drivers for over 40 years. This has enabled them to test our new fuels and many of the most challenging situations and take the development of the competition fuels to the next level. The result has been Sidewinder, the market's most powerful racing fuel. This fuel is tech tested and proven by national and world champions, including uh, Ryan Cavallari, Ryan Mayfield, Greg Degani, Mark Pavitas, and many more. Right now, their top driver is Little Bump, who's been over in Vietnam racing. These drivers appreciated that Sidewinder is blended perfect- perfectly for high-performance needs of competitive racing. Don't let, let victory slip through your fingers. Purchase Sidewinder today. Thank you, Sidewinder. Thank you, Fred, for all your uh, your support. And uh, thank you to Techno RC for their continued support. And um, yeah, 
Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship winning manufacturer of high performance A scale, TED scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. Joining me this week in the virtual studio is uh, a gentleman that I haven't had the real chance to talk to at a race. I've seen him at races. I know he's been a a big driving force behind Trinity and stock racing. He also kind of set the internet on fire here last about a week and a half ago uh, with the um, his announcement of leaving Trinity and of course the acquisition of Trinity by Horizon Hobby. I'd like to welcome Mr. Kevin Abbott to the podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Lefty. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Uh, I, I hope you are doing good because I know uh, I was listening to you on Wheel and Trigger. It was a really great podcast. It was probably one of our longest ones. Uh, yeah. I listened to that entirely. I, I felt your pain. I understand how you <laughs> felt. Um, I also understand your views on a few, a lot of things. I understood. Uh, I, I agree with Brent on a lot of things, like with Horizon as well. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for coming on. I know it's been a no, bit stressful. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I know it's been stressful. You've been getting messages from everybody. Uh, things are a little topsy turvy in your life at the moment. So I appreciate you giving us the time to come on, and uh, this gives me a chance to get to know you. And get uh, the listeners out there to get to know you if uh, as well. But you guys also, if you, I want to plug this. If you want to check out a really good interview with Kevin, go check out Wheel and Trigger. They're on YouTube, and um, they had a really, really good interview. If you, um, I, I, I usually listen to podcasts on on a mint like on one and a half speed, so I get through them a little faster. But that one <laughs> I actually listened to on regular speed uh, while I was wrenching and uh, whatnot. I could, I could feel your pain, man. Uh, I've been there. So I understand how you felt. But uh, yeah, welcome to the NNRC, Kevin. Uh, I guess we'll start out. I always like to know uh, how people get started in this in this this crazy sport, this industry that we have. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you started racing. You're from are you from Florida originally? Yeah, yes. I'm born and raised out of um, I was born in Winter Park, Florida, which is right on the outskirts of uh, Orlando. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I, I kind of, I grew up racing cars and, um, uh, when unfortunately that kind of came to an end, you know, if you got racing in your blood, you're, you know, it doesn't matter what form, whether it be slot cars or whatever, you know, and, um, uh, my dad used to race. So I was just digging through and cleaning up some stuff at home and I kind of discovered these gold tub, uh, AE cars. And, uh, next thing you know, I'm at a hobby shop and, um, and uh, bought, bought a, uh, a TC3 Nitro AE car, goofed around with that in the parking lot and uh, destroyed it several times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been uh, it's been uh, an addiction since, you know, so um, I've been doing it for, oh, man, uh, 15, 16 years now. Okay. You know, it's kind of hard to think. It's kind of hard to think that it's been that long. But, I, you know, I guess the days go by faster and faster as we get older. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when you say racing cars, what type of like full scale cars? What type of cars were you racing? Um, so I grew up. I grew up racing quarter midgets. Um, that's where actually, believe it or not, when we were doing 
when I first met Brent, I kind of discovered that we both raced quarter midgets together. We never crossed paths, or if we did, we didn't even know it. Mm. Um, but raced quarter midgets and then um, got into some le legend car racing and dabbled a little bit with like a mini sprint kind of deal. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it was it was it was a a huge part of my life, and that's where this this aspect of RC. You know, I get real, I wouldn't say sensitive, but I get real um, passionate about the uh, the contracts. Not because of, you know, what they stand for, but what they teach the kids, you know, as far as just becoming adults. Because, um, you know, when I raced quarter midgets, I, you know, my it was a family atmosphere, family sport. But we get to the track, my mom, she would, you know, she would work in the tower as a scorekeeper and, um so it was like it was a young kid like myself are surrounded by my dad and a bunch of his friends so you know you kind of it's kind of very similar to rc you mm -hmm. know and um i just i when i got older and i had this opportunity that ernie pre presented to me um it was just one of those things that it kind of reminded me when i was a younger kid and i was always around older adults mainly guys so you know you can imagine put a bunch of guys around each other, the, the conversations you overhear. And so it, I wouldn't say it makes you grow up faster, but it, it, um, there was a lot of life lessons I learned on the way. And, um, you know, this was something that I thought I could kind of reciprocate, you know, and be the older adult now with the kids around me. And, um, you know, there's so much I learned that I've carried on. So I wanted to have that kind of, um, I wanted to have that kind of uh, uh, impact on other people as well. So, I mean, it was definitely a personal aspect because it was my father, his friends and whatnot. But um, there was a lot of guys that helped me along the way that I met through the process. And, um, uh, you know, like I said, when this opportunity came, I never expected it to turn into what it has because um, mm -hmm. I looked up to the I looked up all the you know when i started getting into rc i looked up all to the guys like the jason ronas because at the time he was actually just now creating j concepts um or i shouldn't say just now creating it but he was in his early his early stages and so i've got to watch him um from almost down you know day one to to what, what he's built to today you know so um it's been a it's been a journey but man i tell you uh, this industry, I understand it's tiny. Well, some people say it's tiny and, and whatnot, but it's a very, very powerful industry, in my opinion. And the friendships that I've made over the years is is, is only made it stronger for me. So, you know, it, it's it's a very passionate thing that I love. And um, I'm very uh, I'm very protective of this and the people involved because I, I've met a lot of great people, a lot of bad people, but in this industry, it's been a, it's been a huge, um, it's been a huge uh, honor to, to meet some of the people I've met. I, you know, I fully say, understand I, that. I fully understand that. I mean, uh, I remember you at masters. Of, I mean, I've, you know, I formally met you face to face at masters last year and, uh, I man, I tell you, I can't say a negative thing about you. You're an amazing individual, and I love what you do. And to think that you know, I don't know all your history, but to think about how you've taken this podcast and made it such a an epic, uh, you know, epic show, 
um, you know, just kind of speaks volumes for the for what you you know visualize in this industry. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was great to meet you too. And I kind of got that from your podcast of Brent, like the passion, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of passion to do this and want to do this. And I don't race anymore. So it, I don't have anywhere to race her. So I, I fully understand what you mean. Like I tell people all the time, I may not, I'm rich in relationships. So getting to meet all these people, uh, getting to meet people that I probably read about in magazines and, and whatnot mm-hmm. as well and call them friends has been a great honor to me. And just the the regular people that uh, that race and make this this hobby, this sport, what it is. So, yeah, And I've also been a team manager, so I understand the contract side of things, the the that side. I, I really loved you guys opening Salvo about contracts and people leaving and all that stuff because I was right there and I'm like, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Um you try not to let that type of stuff bother you, but it can't, it does, right? You know, and you put yeah. effort and time and passion into somebody and then you see potential in that person. And then when you, when they either don't live up to that potential or feel that your product isn't good enough for them to live up to that potential when they should just stick to it, you know, we, as we say, it's a term in cricket called stick to the wicket. So I, 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 I understood that. I remember messaging Brent and I said, wow, I listened to the first 30 minutes and I couldn't agree more with what, what you said. So I think I, as, a, as a, you are a team manager, I have been a team mm-hmm. manager. Obviously, you did it on a lot bigger scale than me. I fully understand the disappointment, the, the enjoyment, the, pro, the pride you take in certain things. I, I 100% understand that. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate that. So no, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I just want to go back, go back to the full-scale stuff. So the full-scale stuff, like being coming from Bermuda, we don't really have that. So a lot of the uh, midget racing and full-scale racing, mm-hmm. uh, was was that something that was like you did as also making money off that? Was that paying out or was that more of just doing it as a hobby? Um, the, I mean, there was aspects where I wouldn't say you were, you were, kept, you were capitalizing on like currency, but they were doing mm-hmm. – things like um gift certificates and stuff and um savings bonds was a big thing and um so i mean you get to the higher levels obviously there is a level of um you know a reward with that but it was very very similar for the the level i was it was more local Mm -hmm. um and uh it's very similar to, to rc where guys would be like oh you're doing this i mean you get a little bit you know but it went right back into the car Mm-hmm. Um, it never, it never really was anything that you profited off of. Um, not at the level that I was at. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, but I, I did enjoy how, um, now as an adult, I look back and I sit there and I think about how some of these sanctioning bodies handled it for kids. And I really think that it's something that maybe can be implemented down the road in RC where, um, you know, like I said, savings bonds. I mean, it teaches these kids a lot. Of, I mean, it taught me a lot to to uh, understand, um, you know, sometimes you have to wait for things to, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of uh, um, evolve, I guess, or, you know, mature. And, um, you know, so, I mean, yeah. So, unfortunately, I would never say it was a profitable um, venture, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was more so about just, I think my dad, from my dad's aspect and my parents' aspect, it was just spending time with their kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and doing stuff for them. And, um, I heard a, I heard a podcast the other day 
Um, and guy was referencing like mongoose bikes and stuff, which was, I, I stopped and listened to it for a minute. Cause that's what my dad did. He owned a, he owned a bicycle shop really? and, um, was really big into like BMX racing and stuff. And, uh, that's how I actually got into racing quarter midgets when I was younger. My dad, uh, got me, um, I mean the best of the best titanium, um, a red line bike. And, uh, I was real big into uh, BMX for, um, for the earliest part of my life and then jumped into the quarter midgets. Um, just because, um, I was a young kid and I, I, uh, was, I was competing at a level, a higher level. And, uh, I just, I, I wouldn't say I got arrogant. I would say I just made a careless error and I just went end over end on my handlebars and uh the news stations were out there and everything and it hit the local media news and man i just i was just so um i was just so dejected because it was it was very uh it was a very embarrassing because mm. you know you, you 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 train to make these these um these events and you don't think that you're going to make a mistake that you've practiced for several times and it was one of those things that I kind of just was like, okay, I don't want to do BMX anymore, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but I think that has a little bit of the driving passion too, because I think I gave up on myself mm-hmm. and, um, and whatnot. But um, that podcast, it resonated the way that he was talking about, you know, with the mongoose bikes going to um, Walmart and stuff. Um, so you know, and that kind of ventures off to like, you know, what the whole topic is now with Trinity Horizon and then the future, um, the future, whatever I'm, you know, uh, pursuing. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to get into all of that. But yeah. I, now I see I learned something even more interesting about you with the BMX, because that must have mean you was doing that in the late 80s, I would say. Uh, early um, yeah, about 42. Yeah, I'm 42. I was born in 81. Okay. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say, uh, I was probably, uh, yeah, it, I would say it was in the mid eighties, you okay. know, probably like 85 or no, not 85. I would say like maybe 88 range, you know? Right. Um, so BMX was big. Yeah, big, big, it really was. Because, uh, I don't know how Brent doesn't know this movie, but rad, like rad came out. Um, do you, you know, rad, obviously you have mm-hmm. to know the movie rad, right? Oh, oh yeah, they, that was a great movie. I know, I love it. I I was watching the the <laughs> scene with Laurie Laughlin and all the like dancing with the bikes. I love that BMX movie. Uh, it, and I remember like as a kid, uh, they had BMX. We had like three Bermuda's only twenty miles, twenty miles long, one mile wide, sixty thousand people. And we did not have a BMX track. Um, but BMX was huge. We used to have about two different shops that sell BMX bikes and. You know, mm-hmm. Bermuda's expensive. It was expensive. It's not. It still was expensive back then. And you would see, like, maybe your friend had a BMX Plus magazine. And it was, like, kind of like the same excitement at when I found Discovered RC. You know, looking at these guys in the magazines, like, number plates and all those guys dressed up in those uniforms with this, this like, like motocross helmets. And I was just like, oh. wow. Um, it's it's funny because that was such a big industry, probably not as big as it used to be now, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, but I think people don't understand how huge in the 80s BMX racing, I would say oh, 70s, yeah. 80s, that how big BMX racing was. Uh, and now it's all like freestyle and street style and all that stuff now. Yeah. And that's super popular. But man, 
and then when Rad came out, whew, it was um, it just blew up. It was huge. It was huge. Well, and I'm and, glad you said that because I completely forgot the name of it, but that was one of my favorite, um, just like you said, one of my favorite movies growing up. And I actually, I would say probably a couple months ago, I was trying to find that video or find that movie to, you know, see if I could search it and show my son because uh-huh. he was digging through the closet and he found, I don't know what my father was thinking or my mother, but they, they, uh, you know, my BMX pants, they kept them because they were customized and went, but they put my last name right across my rear end. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, you know, I mean, and obviously BMX, you're not sitting on the seat. So it's a prime location, I guess. But I was, uh, my son came to me and was like, Hey, like, what are these? And my, my, my wife at the time was like, well, you know, go talk to your father and he'll explain it to you. And so when we had that conversation, I told him a little bit about what I did when I was younger I actually was trying to think of that movie and I could not remember the life of me. And I, I'm going to have to show my son after this. So, I mean, I appreciate I think it's that. On YouTube. I think you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah I knew I could movie. find it somewhere. I just couldn't remember the name. Rad, man. Rad was yeah. awesome. I think Chase and Brent were talking about that. Brent had no idea what it was. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, all right. So I also remember you saying that your dad used to run RC car, race RC mm-hmm. cars. So was that in the eight? Obviously, that was probably in the eighties when you found these gold tubs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Was he was he competitive? Um, he was. He was. I mean, I don't think you know. I mean, um, the way I visioned my dad's racing when I first got into RC is way different than I vision it now. From the you know from seeing the different levels of how competition is from a local standpoint to a. a a national standpoint. Um, and, uh, knowing my father, I'm pretty sure that he did it at a national level, but, um, you know, back in the day, I mean, it's a lot different than it is now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he knew, um, you know, I've, I've ran into some people that are, you know, when you're into RC or whatever you're into, you're into it. And so there's still guys that, um, I still come across today that are like, Oh yeah, I used to race with your father. And I hate to say it, I've learned more about my father running into those guys than I ever have from my father himself. And um, he was he was a I would say he was more of a passionate enthusiast, not a Mm -hmm. not a not big into it, because um, he one thing about my parents that that I really have to commend them for was um, they were one hundred and fifty percent invested to their kids and and. Sorry, my mic shut off. No, I can hear you fine. That's oh, you still can hear me fine. Yep. yep. Okay, perfect. So, um, he, uh, my parents were a hundred percent invested into their kids, and so being that I raced BMX and he did RC, I'm pretty confident that his RC was the back burner. You know, whenever he had time, um, and I was completely fine with that. Or I'm, I'm I guarantee he was completely fine with it, but, um. For me, as, as as a young kid, you know, I didn't. I remember going to tracks and stuff with him, but um, I never knew where it was, what it was, um, you know, what the level of competition was at the moment. I just knew I was at a track with my dad, and um, until, like I said, running into some of these guys. Um, one of them is uh, Tim Raskins. He used to uh, do Magna Motors, I, be- I believe it was. He's a local down here in Florida. And, um, you know, very, very passionate guy himself, you know, 
and uh, he he knew my dad very well, and he shared a lot of stories with me. And um, you know, it's been it, it it kind of connected all the dots that unfortunately, like when you ask those questions, I never took the time to really dig deep with my father. You know, mm. uh, we were always just progressing and making, um, you know, I guess you could say memories. But it, it was one of those things that I never actually, sadly enough, now that you bring it up, I never took the time to to talk to my father about, like, where, what was it that he did, um, you know? So it was more so just kind of dredging up what he, you know, he I wouldn't say he's a pack rat, but he loves to keep on to that stuff. And at the time, I didn't know what the gold tub stuff was. So, you know, you see these guys selling this stuff or these guys, you know, building these um these um these collectibles if you want to call it that um i really wish i'd have held on to some of the stuff that that he doesn't have anymore because um where my passion is now with rc that would be so awesome to have that in the display case or Mm -hmm. something especially coming from it's a product that my dad ran as well so you know he um he was big into it and um uh he gave it up you know for 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 his kids to pursue bigger cars and stuff like that after the bmx years cool that's cool uh, that's good stuff right there um that so i guess you find these these girl top cars how old are you when you find this you get a tc3 you start running in parking lots are you in your teens still or in your early 20s i would say no i was probably my my i would say i was probably in my mid-20s um okay. And, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, when I got married, um, my wife and I, we lived in, um, we lived in a a condo or apartment at the time. And, uh, it was just something that, like I said, I mean, nitro, I mean, I, I was watching one of your podcasts the other day and I've always, you know, you always watch it and, 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 but you, sometimes you don't ever just actually just listen, you know, you're so engulfed in the visualization, you know, and, you might miss words and whatnot. And I've never really listened to, or it never resonated with me. Your, your intro about um, uh, where you say, um, where you compare e-buggy and nitro, you know, and glory e-buggy pays the bills. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when I got into it, do I want to mess with electric or do I want to mess with nitro and the nitro, you know, blows smoke. And it's just, it, it, it kind of connected me with, you know, when I raced quarter midgets and stuff, I didn't run electric stuff. It was all mm-hmm. gas. So that was what I instantly gravitated to. And um, like I said, I mean, it was just in a parking lot of an, of an apartment complex. So, um, you know, and that thing was so fast that I destroyed it a lot. They were good. Ca- <laughs> they were good, good cars. I, yeah. I, I actually bought one from Kendall Bennett back before oh, Amy really? blew up. It was a great little, the Nitro TC3 was awesome. And also I would maybe, was was touring cars still big at this time when you started or was it kind yeah, of phasing yeah, so, out? Okay. So Superior Hobbies um, in Castleberry, Florida, Robbie Michaels owned it and um, they used to do parking lot races. And mm-hmm. that was something that um, I, I come across people today and they're like, oh, I remember there was a place somewhere that did this parking lot. And I'm like, oh yeah, here. And it was big back then. You're absolutely right. I mean, it was really big and to see how it's kind of died off a little bit, it's kind of disheartening, you know, but, um, that was to me, I think that is one of the coolest aspects. I wish we could start bringing back because everything's kind of neutralized inside of buildings and stuff where 
the general public doesn't get to see it. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, prime example, Beachline RC. If you, if you, if, if just the general public saw that out in open space, I think it would help grow the hobby. And so I think that that was one of the things that really helped boom RC was that it was, you know, where, you know, it's in the middle of a plaza and mm-hmm. you got maybe parents on a Saturday going to a store in that plaza. And they're like, the kids are like, Oh, what's that over there? And then next thing you know, you're, you're walking into that hobby shop and you're buying something that you definitely did not plan on buying that day. And it just grows from there. So um, that was really what gravitated me to it. Um, and then, like I said, with the history of my father doing it, it was something that I just thought that, you know, would, was, um, was really cool. And to hear, especially now to sit back and hear some of the stories and, and, and talk to some of the people that my dad knew, um, it's just kind of full circle, you know, mm-hmm. and my son is, my son's in love with this stuff. I mean, I, go How ahead. old is he? Uh, my son's not, uh, well, good Lordy. He's, a, <laughs> he's 11 years old. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he loves it, you know, he, he loves it and he's got talent. I mean, all these kids now with the radio, with the, the gaming and all that, um, he, he definitely can show me up. <laughs> That's good. He's the same age as my son. Uh, my son will be coming with me to Wicked. So. Oh, awesome. my son does, yeah, but he's not, ra- he's, he's never really raced because uh, we don't have anywhere to race her, but sure. he's just coming to hang out, see what I do. And um, that's cool though. Like now, third generation RC racer, Absolutely. right? You guys want him to be. To he's still he's still young. He's got time. Let's get him out mm-hmm. there. I was I lo- I was listening to you talk about him, uh, and the pride that you had in him. So that's that's great to see. Um, and just r- superior hobbies. Uh, I met Robbie finally at Beachline here, mm-hmm. and uh, I used to have a friend named Mister Roach. Well, he's still my friend. He's in Bermuda, and he used to buy everything from superior hobbies and i said to rob i said hey do you remember a guy named brian roaches i sure do from bermuda used to spend a lot of money here at superior hobbies <laughs> uh and yeah parking lot racing man you know there's nitro cars starting up noise out there in the parking lot it's it's a shame that i i think it would be great to see touring car come back on that aspect mm-hmm. but it would have to be i think it would have to be outdoors uh i think on red maybe just a touch easier for people to get new people to get into because there's no jumps uh but i think i would love to see parking lot racing coming back uh it i I, you can have a different layout every time you can do what you got to do i mean it was like i think people don't understand how huge parking lot touring car racing was at its peak it was it was huge like it was huge and it it did a lot for the hobby and and the sport and i tell people all the time we people just don't know what we do right we Mm -hmm. Maybe back in the day, if we could go back to back in the day where we had to have that stuff out there because we didn't have internet and all that type of stuff, if we could do that again, that was just, I think it would just grow our industry so much, right? Where people can oh, go, yeah. hey, what's that sound like? And then you see a bunch of nitro cars and any, any electric. I say nitro because mm-hmm. I feel that that sound, that smoke, that, you know, that revving sound, that really gets people's attention. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Imagine if we, we went back to that, plus what we're doing with the live streaming is to be able to reach so much more people. Uh, there's a good race over in England called the, the British GP. They do it at Milton Keynes. They do it. Scotty did it this year. Mm-hmm. They do it. Uh, it's a 10-scale carpet race uh, off-road, and they do it in an in a actual shopping mall. 
So, okay. And they and the the BRCA is very good. They have like a try me track. They have representatives there. Obviously, then you have Scotty there. He's like an American in England, so people get attracted to that. He's he's out there booming. You know, Scotty's loud. It's like blah, blah, blah. Um, he's yeah. good. He's good. So that attracts people. That's actually a race I would love to go to next year. Um, and <clears throat> I think that we need to look at doing stuff like that as well, especially with carpet racing, right? Because it's yeah, you could do the same thing. All right, so we get we go, I'm, I can we're gonna, I thought we was gonna have a short podcast, but I, I can see we're gonna have a long one, and I'm fine with that. Uh so it goes from TC three. What are you doing at this time in your life, uh, work wise? Um, I was actually uh, I was actually um, a waiter in a um, a local restaurant, um, and uh, I worked. I did that. I mean, like I said in one of the podcasts, I don't. I wasn't one that jumped around, so I was a very loyal employee of anything that I did, and. Um, I worked there for about five or six years. Okay. And, um, you know, you, you can make great money doing it, but the problem is, is it's a lifestyle that, you know, it's not really a family lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the people that have families and they can, um, they can figure a way to, um, make everything work in that stuff in that style of a, of a career more power to you. But it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to, it was great being single or, you know, having just a spouse. But when you start incorporating kids, it was something that I personally, I don't mm-hmm. care, you know, anybody else could want to do it. But for me personally, I just, I didn't see um, that being what I wanted to do. So then I started pursuing other, other things, but um, the, the, the freedom that you have in that kind of occupation, it allowed me to play with and dabble with RC cars. Um, but then at the same time, your busy times were the weekends. Um, and that's where you made your money. So I could dabble with it, but I could never pursue it mm-hmm. if that made any sense. And at the time I didn't think I wanted to pursue it in any which way possible. It was just something that, you know, um, you talk to some of these guys now that are like, Oh, well, you know, I use the word basher and a lot of people take that word as like an, of, 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 they take it like an offense word. And I'm like, it's not nothing offensive. That's where the purity of this hobby is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the guys are in their yard playing with their kids and there's no alternative motive. It's just you playing with your car, enjoying your, your, you know, your time with your son, your daughter, whoever, or maybe just yourself and your friends, whatever. But, um, at that time, that's all I considered myself as just a basher. And um, I didn't really think about pursuing it into any other level other than that. Okay. And um, then certainly when I would go and get time to go compete and I was terrible as I was, it never wanted to encourage me to try to pursue a, um, any kind of a higher level, if you want to call it that, of uh, racing. It was just something that, eh, you know, I'm just going to do it for fun. Okay. And um, that's all I really did it as for a couple of years. And then I got into it pretty hot and heavy. And um, I, 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 in a joke, man, I'd say it's been downhill since, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did that happen? When did uh, that switch come about? Like, hey, it went from I'm just having fun, uh, bashing, just going to a couple of races to like, hey, I love this and I'm, I'm going to get into this. Because at that, you're also in Florida, which is, at mm-hmm. that time, a hot spot for 10 scale. Um, oh, yeah. 
you know what I would say what now we're, we're probably up in the early two thousands. I would say yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say like the two thousand, um, like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I would okay. say somewhere right around there. Um, you know, and um, you know, you're one of the very few people that have really asked these kind of questions, and it makes me have to kind of now sit here. If you see me thinking like. When was it, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it just seems like time is flying by so fast. Right. And ever since COVID hit, I swear I've lost all sense of um, of time frame. <laughs> no worries. I, but I find this interesting because you came up yeah. in a time of RC in Florida mm-hmm. that was was booming. I, I think it's back. It's got on eight scale level right now. Florida's booming in, in yeah. eight scale and 10 scale to an extent. But this is outdoor racing and off-road. You had, um, I would guess, what, 2007, 2008, we see yeah, brushless coming into effect. We see brushless and lipos starting to come into effect at this mm-hmm. time, I think. So that changed the game. Maybe, I think, also this is the time when 10-scale electric was making a comeback because I know that nitro was really popular in those this, this yeah. times as well because this is when we saw the move from brushed to brushless and all that type of stuff. So I guess what clicked for you to get more competitive on that side of things and what was it i remember you said you you're a regional champion in in or national cha- regional champion in stock truck or something in, in like stock that truck, yeah. yeah yeah i actually had a good buddy that um he jumped into it i actually worked at superior hobbies um mm-hmm. as a kind of little part-time gig just more so to help kind of pay the bills for my my you know my recreational hobby and um i had a guy walk in he was a firefighter and uh, him and his wife, I'll never forget, they they came in and I tried, you know, there's there's so many different ways that you can look at um, how to, you know, how to do things. You can do it the cheap route, which unfortunately, sometimes I hate to say costs you more in the long run. Um, and I tried talking this individual into getting the nicer, um, the, the factory team products instead of just the RTR stuff. And you know, like everybody else, he kind of went RTR and uh, he got sucked in himself and he ended up, you know, creating a track here in um, Sanford, Florida. And it was um, whole shot raceway. And uh, his name was Chris James. And he, um, it was a real tiny building, but man, I tell you that right there to me was, was what I thought was one of the most amazing parts of, of RC is, is, um, you know, you go back and you kind of see, especially now, you you see the, I wouldn't say the grassroot racing, but the guys that are, it's not, it's not like um, under spotlight, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, everything's a lot more pure. And um, he, he worked his tail off to get this regional event. And um, it was probably 15, 20 minutes from where Trinity was located. And um, so uh, Ernie Pervetti and uh, Tony P and, um, I believe it was just those two guys. They came, set up, did their display, and I, I didn't think anything of it. But that's when, um, you know, that was when I was probably at my best because there was no pressure. It was just for fun, you know, mm-hmm. and um, stock truck was what I enjoyed. Um, it was funny because I was actually <laughs> talking to Maddie G last night. And, um, you know, Maddie G's like, oh, I'm going to run, um, you know, apologize, Maddie, for throwing you out there like this. But, uh, he said, I'm going to run truck at nationals. He's like, man, I, I miss rear motor truck. Like mid motor, it's just not the same. And I agree a hundred percent. I was really good at the rear motor stuff. But as soon as we went mid motor, 
that definitely complicated it for me. And um, to already be on the bottom end of the talent level, mm-hmm. um, once we migrated into that, it was just so complicated. So um, sadly enough, that was probably one of my best uh, best accomplishments in RC from a personal standpoint um, of racing, where now I try to I try to enjoy all the other things, you know, take the position that I've been offered and try to make the best of that, you know, cause I'm a realist. I know what I know and I know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm very passionate about this and I love the industry of what we have, because like I said, I mean, I don't think I'd, well, not don't think I would have never met you if it wasn't for this, mm-hmm. you know, and you're a great individual. And um, I don't watch the podcast because of the people you bring on. I watch your podcast because you're the driving force behind it. You know, you can that. tell, you can really see your love for it. And that was why when you came to masters last year, you were a person to me that I wanted to take the time to meet and shake your hand and say, thank you. Because, um, you know, you kept ta- touching on things about the nitro versus electric and you still touch on it today. And the nitro is definitely, um, the nitro is definitely the, the, the wow, the wow factor, you know, mm-hmm. that just like you said, the smoke, the sound, and even that it, what I like about it, it incorporates team teamwork, you know, mm-hmm. on a, on a higher level, cause you gotta have a pit guy and it's not just something like, Oh, I'm going to go out there and run and I'm going to come in whenever I feel there's strategy behind it. And now with technology, like I said, you got headsets, you could talk to your, your rate, your teammate or your, you know, your partner, and uh, that that there, like I said, that's that's all the wow factor to me. So, but I mean, we're we're, we're definitely evolving into an industry where everything's kind of going green. I would agree and, with that. I'm not you know, I'm not anti e buggy. I love. I think electric is on the eight scale side. I think that e buggy, e truggy, e truggy is really mm-hmm. growing huge. E buggy is huge as well. I think it's great for entry level. Uh, I think. Obviously, as the future goes on and electronics get better, battery technology gets better. That's we're going to see longer run times for people. But I kind of like the short 10 minute, 15 minute runs and double A mains and whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's I will say this a, it's definitely a sprint. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I would agree there. I will say this in 10 scale, mod is the glory, but stock pays the bills. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, we're, we're, we're deeply involved in RC. Uh, uh, so now we can talk about uh, Trinity uh, meeting Ernie because mm-hmm. uh, you was not, I, I was listening to, I, w- I heard you talking about Rip, shout out to Radio Impalm Podcast because they were the first podcast I ever listened to, Gladi and Rona, and they were talking about that because uh, Gladi obviously was a part of Trinity back when it was Jersey. And this is when I would yeah. say Trinity was like, um, you know, the, taking out full page, Matt, ads in the magazines, you know, dark data, all this, this is like, like I like the, the marketing and everything that went into that back in that day was way about way, way ahead of its time, you know, like, um, dressing up Kinwall, like the dark, like Terminator stuff like that. It was, if you, if, if you're just getting into RC and you wasn't around to see those type of ads back in the day, you really missed out on a, a good time of RC. Uh, so I guess I don't know what happened between, the being in Jersey, going from 30 plus employees that he had to getting on to Florida. Maybe you can shed a little bit of light on how that happened. 
Um, I don't know the, I don't know all the details. Um, but it was, I, I, you know, Ernie had a, he, he was married Mm -hmm. and I guess he was just going through a divorce and, um, you know, it was just time for him to relocate and to just kind of start fresh. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I do remember asking him what it was about Florida that was appealing and why he came down that way. And I honestly don't remember. And that's, I I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I just don't remember what it was, but yeah, he definitely downsized and um, Jason hit on it the best way I've ever heard anybody describe it when he was with Gotti, you know, Jersey Trinity, Florida Trinity. And when I, when I got, uh, I, I guess you could say recruited by Ernie, um, I didn't even know what I was stepping into. I really didn't, you know, and I don't think Ernie even knew what he was offering me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, at that point in time, I, the way I view it now sitting back, um, I viewed it as that when Ernie moved to Florida, it, he kept Trinity going, but it wasn't from the, the driving force of like, Oh, I need to make money. It was more so I've made my money um, and now I'm just a very, I mean, he, he was honestly one of the most passionate people I've ever met, probably too passionate um, because it, it, it it spilled over where it was always making people around him very edgy. Cause for me, he, he was Ernie Pravetti, but some people, and like I said, when I first met him, he was, Oh my God, Ernie Pravetti. I'm kind of scared of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, he really wasn't like that, you know, at least behind closed doors. He was a big teddy bear for the most part. Um, he he definitely was rough around the edges, though. But um, I, I think that, that at that point in time, when he downsized, I think it was all just it was all, um, you know, just so like you said from the stories I've heard, he left a lot of stuff up in Jersey, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of big valuable items and um i can only touch on that based off of stories i've heard through um some of the members that carried on with him like a jim Dieter or paul lemieux and um the role that he offered me i don't think he expected me to take it to the level that it went to um but i also don't think that i understood what he was offering me and the power behind um, the name Trinity at the time, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, I grew up with my father racing. So AE, Teakin, Trinity, Novak, those were big names then. Um, I mean, Losi was a big name too, obviously, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I think neither one of us really knew what we both were going to bring to the table. And Trinity started growing back to, um, I wouldn't say it's glory days because obviously the Jersey, Trinity was definitely different than the Florida Trinity, but um, we did start putting ourselves back on the national level and um, uh, establishing, I wouldn't say a level of dominance because um, this industry now is so competitive. I don't think that there's one dominant brand out there. I think there's a lot of good quality brands that, you know, compete at high levels week in and week out, but um, it was it, we put Trinity back on a map in the sense that I don't even know if Ernie was viewing it to do that, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I think it, 
I think it really put a passion in his stomach and my stomach and Jim Dieter's stomach um, to maybe start growing it again. Mm-hmm. And um, then slowly but surely, he kind of would let the reins go and say, hey, look, build a team. You know, that's where I a lot of people have heard me say this and I want to kind of make sure it's all clear so that nobody's misinterpreting what I say is. Um, I, I reference it as my team and it's mm-hmm. not my team from a possession standpoint, but it's my team from I helped build that team. I really built that team. If there's one thing I could take away from Trinity that um, I'm not going to put towards them is the team I built that. Mm-hmm. And those guys I'm very protective of. And, um, you know, even still today, I'm still with, uh, you know, I'm still, uh, you know, still stay in contact with a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, but it all predicated off of that early years starting in, in the, man, what time frame was that? Uh, 2014, 2013. So, all right. I, I'm going to, I, before I, I say something, I want to, because mm-hmm. I, I, your story and my story are very similar, mm-hmm. how we got started in this. Uh, how did you, how did you get this role in this in working for Trinity and whatnot? Um, so uh, there's actually a hobby shop down here. Michael Bruce's RC hobbies yes. Michael's RC hobbies. Very familiar. Um, I met Michael Bruce through, um, I met Michael Bruce and Billy Bruce through just dabbling with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, Billy Bruce actually worked at Trinity prior to um, me being there. And I don't know what happened. They, they ended up parting ways and a position opened up. And Michael Bruce, um, I knew him through Superior. And um, I guess him and Ernie were talking one day. And he says, hey, Ernie, I got a guy, you know. And um, it's funny. I actually, um, I actually kind of pursued, or I shouldn't say I, there was a guy that I was, I became really good friends with that was, he raced for Kyosho at the time on their factory team. And he wasn't a very liked guy. And so I kind of pushed him into that role and he started Ernie, he started working for Ernie and um, he would always bring the stuff over to me and be like, Hey man, can you help me with this? And I think Ernie found that out and somehow Michael Bruce got involved and got us connected. And um, we sat down at a coffee shop and we discussed, um, you know, what he was looking for and offered me a position. And, um, I've been with him ever since. And, um, what was your first position with him? What's that? What was your position when you started with Trinity? Um, it was basically to take over the team, team manager position, and then obviously work in the office. And, um, I didn't think it was going to ever evolve to this, but you know, one thing that either he, I don't know exactly what he said. I was always a hard worker. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to take that away from myself, but he, you know, through the years of working at Trinity, people would come and go and everybody viewed the job as a nine to five. Mm-hmm. And for me, I viewed it as 24, seven, 365. So 365. What's that? It is definitely 24, seven, yeah. 365. Oh, my phone, my phone goes off nonstop. And, um, it's, I, I couldn't, I've had my, my iPhone for, um, man, it's a 13. If, if that tells you anything and, um, that phone has never probably heard its own ringer. I'm always on vibrate because Me too. it's not that I, it's not that I don't want to, I'm want to ignore anybody, but I just, uh, I don't want to hear that ringer all the time. So 
Um, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the ringer. <laughs> it's cool. Shout out to Michael Bruce and Trent Walker. That's my boy. He works at uh, Mike's Hobbies. I'm gonna go visit them, and I'm in Orlando after Wicked Weekend. Um, it, it's your story, like what you just was talking about. How Ernie wasn't sure what he's gonna get out of you, and you wasn't sure what you's gonna get out of him. Mm-hmm. It resonates with me because uh, I remember meeting JQ here, right for the for the first time. He came on here to yeah. the Dominican Republic. Uh, we kind of started talking prior to that because he wanted to come up and see a uh, 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 charity, char- like this organization upper. He was interested. He wanted to support. And we just got to talk, started talking. And I remember he goes to me, so what do you do down there in DR? I said, well, at the moment, nothing. I think I had just come back from, I had been working like over in uh, Doha, Qatar, uh, mm-hmm. the previously doing some uh, some tunnel work. And I, I don't, I think I was, at the time, I didn't even. I wasn't doing nothing. I was getting my rent. I have a, a rental property in Bermuda. Not much money, but it's it pays some bills here. Most of sure. my bills. So um, I said, "No, nah, I'm at the I'm, at the moment. I'm not doing anything." And I said, "Why do you have a?" I just said, "I said, why do you have a job for me?" And he goes, "Yeah, I just might." And so I remember when he came here, and I think like the, we, we we hung out. And I was kind of with him the entire time he was here. And he came up to my house and then we just started talking. He's like, well, I do have a job for you, but I can't pay you. And I was just like, <laughs> well, that's not really, really a job. And I remember uh, thinking about this and I was like, hey, here's something. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an opportunity. Now, most people would be like, it's not a job. I'm not going to get paid. We need to make money, right? I sure. said, you know what? Here's a chance for me to. And JQ is, this is when JQ was like, he's calmed on a bit now, right? But this is when he was full on pissing off Americans, just saying what he wants to say. (laughs) And I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I remember him saying to me, oh, yeah, uh, because my goal was to build the brand up in Latin America. Because I can speak Spanish, not perfectly, but I can speak it. And I just remember him saying, oh, yeah. Uh, get me a list. You have uh, get me a list of people on Excel, and then we'll talk from there. And I was like, "What? Like no help, no nothing. Like when am I gonna get a car? Nope, didn't even. I remember paying for my first car out of what I made off commission, right? Mm-hmm. So I I retraced that because I had no idea where that would lead to, and I'm pretty sure he had no idea that because he's been through a lot of people too, right? He's been through yeah. many people that's worked for him. He's he's I think the similarities between him and, and Ernie, besides him actually making money, um, <laughs> are very similar, right? He's he's yeah. super passionate about what he wants. He is super rough around the edges. He's probably more on... I, I, I regret never meeting Ernie or never having him on this podcast because mm-hmm. he seems like a, a person I would have loved to have sat down and talked to. But him and JQ have very similar characteristics, maybe not oh, personal, yeah. but their, uh, their aggression towards what they're doing, their focus to be able to, their passion to make something. Uh, and I, I kind of agree with you there. Like, Ernie probably didn't know what you knew what you was going to do for him, and you didn't know what you was going to do for him as well. And I think that, I think Jake, that's developed to Jake, Jake, you and I having a respect that maybe he doesn't have for other people. People may sure. act like, well, he doesn't respect you, Rafi, but he's, you others got to understand that's yeah. our that's our. That's the way we are. With the way we are in the podcast, or the way we are in person. But I think deep down he knows. Like wow, when I when I bought Lefty one, and then I kind of like you said built a team, 
I, I started going around, going to people. I had, you know, a lot of regional managers helping or people that were, got invested in that. And a lot of people got involved in, in the team because of, of me as well, right? Because he was such, he's such a polarizing character. And I, I 100% understand how you feel. You know, that's my team. I helped, yeah. like, the base of Mayako, which is now, a lot of them came from JQ Racing. So yeah. that was from what the hard work that I put in, as well as our Brent, because Beach RC was involved, and mm-hmm. all the people like my buddy Mike Hill, Mike Walker, Tony Scarcella, all those guys who got involved. I was just, when it came to that point, like, he could not get somebody that would was like the glue. Right. So I look at you as the same way. Uh, you was his filter. You was the glue to get these people together. And that's kind of what I came in. I kind of got the people together. Uh, I, you know, and I, I dealt with the problems I got when we got to the to the race. I try to treat everybody like they was, you know, they were I because I appreciated it. Right. Yeah. I don't miss that. I don't miss the stress of that job. I do sure. miss the. The real, I still have those relationships, but I do miss the the amount of relationships that I made. Now I make lots of relationships because I have no yeah. real affiliation, so I'm kind of just out there. But I do miss when I look at the Mayako stuff and I see that I'm like, yeah, a lot of those guys were the guys that I bought in. I would say that my team that I helped bring in, and but great relationships. So I, I fully understand that concept. Uh, I know JQ tells me all the time. He goes, I thought you would. I, he says with the podcast, I thought you was gonna do one episode and that was it. Right. Yeah. And he I think he's surprised that with the podcast because he helped me start this. Right. And he's still a partner in this with me in a certain way. Like he doesn't come on as much, but he helped me start this. But we kind of helped each other. And I think we have a now six years later, we have a respect like he'll message me and say, hey, what do you think about this? Should I do this? Well, I need a hashtag for this. Or what do you think about this video? And I think maybe you and Ernie had that like didn't know what was going to happen in the beginning. Yeah. He didn't know what was going to happen in the beginning, but then he realized, okay, this guy's a hard worker. He's personable. He understands how to get people involved. He's probably way more personable than I can be because I'm unfiltered. And I, I 100% understand how you feel. And it, I had no idea where saying yes to that would lead to this, you know, and what's going on in, in my RC life now. So, uh, I like to tell people when you get opportunities, even if they don't sound like they're going to work out or maybe you're not going to make any money off it. If you are passionate or not, Evan, you want this, you should take that opportunity because you might not ever get that opportunity ever again. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I mean, for me, um, I'm not a person, I'm not a big into the technical. So, Mm -hmm. uh, same. Here. I mean, social, me- social media is the new magazine, right? Right. I mean, there's no more RC car. A- I mean, there is RC car action, but the going to the supermarket and buying the magazine and this and that, that doesn't really exist anymore. And I think, you know, from my point of view, you set the bar for podcasts. Mm-hmm. You are the OG of the podcast era, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I've never met JQ, never have. Um, I hear a lot about him, um, but I can honestly tell you, I respect him mm-hmm. because uh, he, I think he's a lot like Ernie, mm-hmm. you know, just very, I mean, that's probably the best word, raw, unfiltered. Um, and uh, that, those are two words that I would say, I would sum Ernie up very well with, you know, just raw and unfiltered, you know, um, 
Yes. Oh, very I think much. To be the best. Well, yeah, very much. You know, I mean, I, I can tell you the passion is why Trinity in Florida existed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't think that there was a financial necess- a necessity, personally. Um, and uh, I could kind of tell that when I came in there because when I came in there, it just seemed like everything was just thrown there. Like there was no, there was no flow to the work atmosphere. There was no, you know, Ernie was a guy that um, he loved, you know, he loved to be, he loved to seem bigger than he really was. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't say smoke and mirrors, but you know, he, he, I think felt like, okay, well, this isn't as big as Trinity Jersey. So I just don't, I wouldn't say he doesn't care, but it wasn't about the atmosphere where when I came in, like he, he didn't have a cabinet full of like collectibles or anything. And I just found stuff laying all over the place from the move. And I just started putting stuff into a showcase. And, um, you know, I, I think he saw a sense of pride Mm -hmm. for what I carried for his brand. And, um, I mean, you know, there's times where I'm sure he wanted to, you know, let me go, you know, mm-hmm. and there's times where I wanted to go, but, um, there was something that kind of kept us connected. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think for me, it was the love for what I, you know, for what I was offered, um, because I didn't know what I had when I got it, but mm-hmm. once I kind of, uh, once I kind of saw the big picture, um, I, I, I didn't want to let it go, I guess, you know, and, um, uh, you know, now when I kind of go to either meet or greets with my wife and I, you know, introduce myself and I'm shaking hands with lawyers like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, man, how do you really explain that? Oh, I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it sounds like you reignited his, your passion reignited his passion, right? Um, I also remember you on Brent's podcast saying you wanted to like just kill him at some point. And oh yeah, that is look. I, people will never know, but JQ, like we, me, me and Joseph have had it out, like out, like whereas if we would have been in person, I'd have been fighting him. That's why mm-hmm. he doesn't do that when we're in person because he's scared of me, right? But <laughs> I, but at the end of the day, he's still like, and I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, if you just get away from JQ and do this and that," I said, "But that's." That's my boy, right? Yeah. He brought me into this. Somebody has to be his friend. You know, he's an asshole, but somebody has to be his friend. And like, I, uh, I know that you felt like some sort of, like Ernie was a mentor to you, right? And I wouldn't, I would say that JQ is not a mentor because I'm a little bit older than him, but he taught, he taught me, um, to not take no for an answer and to there's always a way, right? There's always a way. And kind of, it's it's kind of resonated more with me now. Like when, like stop stop bitching and pissing and moaning, mm-hmm. which he does. He pisses and moans a lot, but he says stop pissing and moaning about your situation that you're in and make something happen. And that has, in turn, that taught me over the last six years. Like there's times like I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like there's not going to be any more of this RC stuff. I'm done. I'm going to go get a real job. And then, like when I say a real job, like a job, pay, like no, outside. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I say the like, same thing. Like, but what, what drives my passion to be in this industry is one, I want to see it be better. One, second, yes, I want to, people may see all these sponsors. They may think, oh, I left it. No, no, it's, it's not a lot of money involved in this, as you, you probably do know. Maybe you, you obviously probably make 
obviously make a little bit more because you have to support your whole family off this. Uh, I do too, but mm-hmm. it's my passion. And um, he, he kind of, my passion and his passion kind of entwined, but I learned a little bit of his work ethic. I'm not as work as I'm not, I can't work for 20 hours straight like him, but I can appreciate that. And I appreciate what his effort that he's done and his, his, his stubbornness to stay his way, do it his way. And, and I, I think he has to adjust something. He's learning to adjust, but I think you and I are very similar in, in that case. We're, we're very passionate. We was given an opportunity and we wanted to make the best of it. And like for me, I say RC allows me to be around my family because if I'm not, I would have to go to Bermuda. I'd have to work eight stay here. And I'd come home every six months to see him every three months. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm passionate about this RC stuff. And uh, he gave me my opportunity so I'm kind of like, yeah, that's my, he's still my boy and I'm going to help him out as much as possible. Just like he helps me out. So he, Ernie was a mentor for you. JQ was a, a now I say we're more partners now, but we kind of feed off each other and he's done. I try to pick him up and I'm done. He lifts me up. So yeah. right now he's in pissy mode. So I'm just leaving him alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, it, I, it's very, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because when I when I heard you and I was like, man, this this guy sounds just like me, working with JQ, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, so I mean, it's amazing what you've done, right? Because Trinity kind of went into where he probably made his money. I remember Ernie was a big um, opponent of brushless technology, right? I remember oh, yeah. this this long article that he wrote about it and how he, it's going to ruin the RC industry and all that. I understand that. Brushless was it was so much. It was a lot of money involved in that back in the day, and that's where he, he made his money. And I, and I remember like Trinity kind of. I might be wrong, but it kind of faded. It wasn't a name like before you. I, I say this before you came along because I got to know the Trinity Florida, and when I mm-hmm. when I think of Trinity Florida, I think of you, right? And you've been, you've done this, you've done it for how long? How long was you involved in Trinity and, and doing that? Uh, nine and a half years. Almost. Yeah. About nine. Yeah. Almost between nine and a half, 10 years. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a long time to be doing yeah. this. And then you probably had to take something from nothing, even though you had the Trinity name, which was mm-hmm. out, outstanding, but you had to take that and make it into what it is now. So I think people don't under, understand that process and how much work that, t- that takes and how much passion and time, like you said, your phone going off the hook, being there for people, being there for your guys, all that type of stuff. Um, yes, there's other people. Like I, I really wanted to know more about John Dieter. I always hear his name. I don't know anything about him, but I, I would assume he's the techno, the tech guy behind the yeah. scenes, and he's like, like that. That's his thing. Maybe not. Maybe your typical RC guy. Not. He's he's introverted. He doesn't want to be out and about. You are. You and me are very similar. We, mm-hmm. we like to be out. We like to be talking to people. And J- Dieter sounds like also a little bit of JQ. Because as much as he sounds, as, J- as extroverted as JQ is, he's very introverted as well. Mm-hmm. And likes to just be by himself and design and do that type of stuff. So um, I guess that would be my next question. We talked about Ernie and your time with him. What about Dieter? Like, I, I don't know much about him at all. You know, and that's that. that's where, you know, all these just like you said earlier, I, I, I've been bombarded with a lot of uh, messages and support and questions and what, and that's the, one of the biggest things that I don't want to take away from any of this is 
you know, is I'm out in the limelight, if you want to say the track and um, the position that Ernie appointed me, you know, put you in that contact point where you're the focal point for someone to reach out to or this or that. But um, all the, the things I've heard, I, it, it makes me feel great inside. But Dieter was um, Dieter was a racer, mm-hmm. you know, very good racer in the 80s. Um, you know, I mean, he'll tell you that he was not no Joel Johnson, but you know, he, the guy could take a Dremel and make a, make a sports car out of it, Mm. you know? And I mean, he really is very, very passionate as well about this. I mean, anybody that worked for Ernie, you had to have passion because there were times that you just kind of would question why you do what you do, you know, because Ernie was very, um, general like kind of you know he was very um firm and um i wouldn't say it was his way or the highway but there were times where you'd have to work really hard to encourage him to do it this way that wasn't what it was in his vision and dieter had to deal with that for years you know years before i even came aboard so i mean um jim's a great guy he's got a heart of gold um anybody that knows him um, I don't know what you can say bad about the guy. I mean, I'm sure he, and you know, we're all human. We all got bad traits. Right. Um, but when, when, um, when I think of Jim, I can't think of anything bad right off the top of my head. You know, he's just a good dude. Um, uh, and he was, like I said, for me, he was a, a great support system, you know, cause him and Ernie had such history that he, either a could understand where I was coming from or B he, um, you know, just cared about the brand enough to, you know, kind of walk me off the ledge per se, you know, keep me from making some kind of drastic change that I would probably regretted down the road. But, um, he, there's so much about Dieter that I would love to see somebody get him onto a podcast because, um, you know, Ernie used to always say to me, like, I want you to go be a badass. Well, I'm not, I'm not a, an arrogant person by any means. Um, but when you can sit here and you can move on in chapters of life or whatever, and you can take, you've learned stuff from Jim Dieter and Ernie Pervetti. Those are two powerful names to me that I wouldn't say I feel like I'm a badass, but I would say that I've been privileged to learn under two of the best minds Um, and then you also have the opportunity to pick and choose what you take from those minds. Cause just cause I sit here and I, I give Ernie credit doesn't mean I agreed with everything he did. You know, there's a lot of stuff he did that I didn't agree with. And, um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I did that Jim Dieter didn't agree with, you know? So, but we all were a team and, um, at the, in that moment, I wouldn't have changed it for the world because, um, Jim was, uh, or not Jim, was, Jim is a, uh, a guy that, um, you know, he's constantly trying to evolve, mm-hmm. you know, but he's also taken another kind of step in his life as well, where he's created the Thunderdome, which is up in Illinois. And mm-hmm. uh, he's partnered up with, he's partnered up with Dan Lewis and they've created this uh, phenomenal facility up there that I yet have to see. I, you know, my plan was to go to the Trinity shootout, uh, not so much anymore, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my plan. Cause it wasn't about 
anything to do with the Trinity. It was just that that was a good excuse to make it up there to see his facility, mm-hmm. support him, and um, you know, and kind of be there if he needed anything. Like he was always there for me, you know, because mm-hmm. he d- he did do a lot of the technical stuff, you know. And the longer we worked together, there were times where I would kind of bounce ideas off of him or tell him, hey, look, this is what I'm kind of seeing from the, the, the test sessions with the drivers or whatever. So it was a great um, it was a great uh, partnership, uh, even with him, um, you know, and he constantly wanted to make things better, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think that was one of the things that was part of the success with Trinity was that um for me the way i viewed it was even if you drop a new product we're already working on the next product okay and it's not that 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 there's an eta or hey this product's dropping soon it was that you know you wanted to stay on top of your game and that's when i discovered that jim was as passionate as he was because um you know, you, you said something earlier and I, I say it all the time is, you know, a real job. And that's why when you said that, I was like, oh, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. I honestly, when I hear people say that, I really think now um, over the last couple of weeks, I've got a kind I've had more time to myself to resonate and to, to kind of put my thoughts into um, into perspective. And when I hear real job, that's because this is a real job. But yes. You, you have so much passion and you have such a love for the hobby that you're subconsciously, I don't think you think of it as a real job. You know, so when I hear guys say that, it actually instantly makes me think that guy loves what he does. Yeah. You know? I, I, w- I was listening to you saying how you have 20 hour, you work, like you go home, you do mm-hmm. this, you do that. Uh, I'm Man, I go to sleep with this stuff on my brain. I wake up oh. with it on my brain. I think about it. My like, my like, my wife. My wife is supportive. She doesn't. She she thinks obviously she's like, oh, you need to make more money at this. But I'm like, it's coming. You know, you just be. Everything takes time. Uh, she so, but I understand why she may not be as her. My passion is not her passion, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's not my son's passion. It's none of that. My they they, you know, we have a language barrier, so they they obviously can't listen to this type of stuff. Um, it's always good to have a supportive wife. Yes, she supports me. My kids support me, but they don't understand what I do to an extent. Yeah. One of the reasons why I'm bringing my my son with me to to Wicked Weekend to show him what I do. So I I fully so understand awesome. that, man. I I I understand your position because uh, I I I am super passionate about what I do. I'm competitive too, right? I yeah. I want to I want to be I want to be the best at what I do. And I want to, I want to, and I also want to be a driving force. And I can see, I can sense it in you. We're very similar. We're very, we're also very emotional. I think we're both emotional, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like, I let my emotions go right off the bat. Whereas Joseph isn't like that. So I wanted to, I wanted to, I had this question because you said there's some things you didn't agree with him and there's things he didn't agree with you. I want to know something that probably you was like, I don't agree with this, Ernie, what what you're thinking and what you're doing. But it ended up working out anyway, and I want you. I want to know something that you were super passionate about that he didn't agree with, and probably told you it wasn't going to work. And it, it you put your passion in it, and it and it ended up working. Can you pinpoint one one or two things like that? You know, actually, that's a really good question. Um, 
I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that there's probably if I had more time to think about, it, I could come up with several different answers. But um, one of them was um, that uh, Ernie, like I said, he was Jersey Ernie. Like mm-hmm. even when he was in Florida, it, it, it that was the Ernie that took a step back and okay. basically I wouldn't say let go because I can assure you he never let go. He always wanted to have control of everything. Um, but I think that that was a time when he finally just kind of had somebody, um, I wouldn't say that he's always had great people in place, but I I would say it was that he didn't understand the personal aspect that is involved in this, you know? Um, and I don't think he adapted all the great things you could say about the guy adapting to the current times, I think was his weakness. You know, he lived in the glory days. He never thought, you know, it could be 2010 and he's still thinking 1990, you know, and his visions that he always wanted to implement were in the 90s. You know, back in the day, you get you see the 90s and you see Trinity, Low C, this and that, man, you can talk to any of the drivers. Um, Like I said, Maddie G and I were talking about this the other day. Um, He always wanted his logo here. And um, I didn't want to argue with the team drivers about that. We had so much more to worry about than the logo. If you're running for the brand and you're doing your job, everybody knows who you're repping. To me, it's not worth that. And so that was one of the biggest things that I didn't agree with with Ernie was that he was very um, firm and very uh, stuck on it had to be this. You know, um, if a customer said, I want a blue shirt, Ernie would do red just to prove that he can still do it. Right. You know, gotcha. that, 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 and, and I didn't agree with that. I was a person that I always took the customer's opinions and I would bring them to, if you want to so call it the round table. And when Ernie and I'd sit and have lunch, we would talk about ideas and he's like, well, Kevin, you know, not every idea that you want. I'm like, it's not my idea. It's when I'm at the track, I'm taking these customers opinions and I'm compiling them all. And I would go home and write notes and write down. And I would look to see the ideas that I got from people. And I would look at what was the repetitive idea that kept being talked about. And that was what I would bring to the table for him. And he didn't agree with that. And I didn't agree with him in that sense. Um, because I'm not going to say the customer is always right. But I'm going to say the customer is about 90% right all the time. And even if they're not, you got to value them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was just, like I said, I guess the biggest thing would be he was Mr. Ernie, Mr. Prevetti, that was from Jersey. He did things his way or, or it was the highway where I wanted to incorporate the customer's opinions and bring that to the table because, hey, man, it's almost like happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. Same scenario. If you have a if you have a happy customer, they're going to remain a customer. And um, so. I brought the personal aspect in and I think that, you know, Ernie was always like, if you're making friends, you're not making money. I, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that now. And let's hope to God that I'm right because <laughs> my future endeavors are all based off of personal relations. Exactly. So um, that was probably our biggest disagreement was the personal aspect in the situation. You know, everything to him was X's and O's where for me it was, you know, 
this guy being taken care of and that guy feeling appreciated and, and whatnot. And um, I'm not saying he's in the right. I'm not saying I'm in the wrong or vice versa, but I would say that was the biggest differences between the two of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, dude, we're so similar. We're we are so similar, and we are in, we are we were in so many similar situations that I can I feel like I'm talking to a mirror right now. These, yeah, I, I, I understand where you talk. I understand 100 what you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, I I can I can I can yeah, I know exactly where you've been. Exactly where you've been. All right, um, I want to talk to you about stock racing and all that stuff, but I think we'll leave that for the end because we are talking mm-hmm. about Ernie. I think we might as well segue into. Uh, I remember you saying that he was sick for some time, his passing mm-hmm. away. Uh, so it 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 was a shock to everybody when he passed away. He was still a young man. What sixty nine was he? Sixty nine years old. Yes. Yeah. So still a, a uh, and you know still a young man to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sick for some time. Uh, was it was it still a shock when he passed away? Was it like uh, was he you know I don't know how it was for you. Uh, was you guys kind of like okay, it might it might happen, or was or was it like well, he's going to pull through this? Um, no, it was a hundred percent shock for me. I mean, I knew he wasn't doing very well, um, and I actually, you know, now looking back and 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 kind of looking from uh, an outside perspective at everything that went on, I feel kind of foolish because um, the day he passed away, his daughter. FaceTimed with me so that I could talk with Ernie. And there were so many complimentary things that came out of his mouth that now I wish I would, now knowing that he passed away, I'm like, you know what? That was him saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and I could be wrong, but that's the way that I, it resonated in my mind. And um, even throughout all these, these changes over the last couple of weeks, I, I still love the man, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that have opinions and they've taken them to whatever they, you know, their opinion is I've heard good, bad, ugly. And I try not to touch on those too much because whether I agree with everything that's gone on, um, he's really allowed me to, uh, he's really allowed me to um, make my own impact now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, the 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 passing of ernie was was extremely tough i mean and um he doesn't hold an inkling to the way my father and my parents are in my heart obviously so as much as it hurt me to see all this go down um it also makes me realize that i don't want that day to come for my parents Mm d-day because i can only imagine because i shed a lot of tears and um, it's still, I mean, when you start talking about a second ago, I, I, I kind of looked down my arm. I got goosebumps mm. because um, uh, it was such a, a sad day for me, you know, and um, I, I still to this day wish that it never happened. Um, not because, like I said, I thought Ernie was the perfect individual. He was far from, you know, but he was a powerful and very uh passionate individual his passion just kind of it didn't come off like the, as like the soft side it was the you know the very rough rugged uh mm-hmm. exterior aspect you know where he slam his hand down or whatnot you know that was the passion where i'm more of the put my arm around you embrace you kind of and um i just wish that i could have 
I wish I could have had one more sit down with him, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always push like, hey, what happens? You know, and nobody wants to talk about their D-Day. You know, my mind, when I start thinking of death, it instantly goes blank. You know, I can process a lot of things, but that's one thing I can't process. So if I ever did anything wrong, it was that I didn't really pursue with him. What was the long term picture of Trinity, especially now? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what's done is done. But I still to this day don't really think that this was the vision of what he wanted. And, you know, like I said, everything I'm saying is just based off of my own personal beliefs. There's no you know, I don't want to sit here and I don't want anyone that listens to this think that. Um, I'm saying something that may not be true, mm. um, but I want them to understand that this is just based off of working for the man for nine and a half years, listening to private stories, private conversations or whatever. I just don't think that this was the way that he wanted to um, see his legacy carried on. Okay. I apologize for everybody involved, but that's just the way I felt. All right. I understand that. Um, he's been he's been going now what a year and a bit now. The 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 Horizon buyout was damn near almost a year to the date. He he wow. died um, uh, July sixth, I believe it was. Mm. Um, so reason, yeah, I mean, so it's been a year, just a year. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I mean, and you know, I don't want anyone to think like, oh, you know, this whole situation. I've washed my hands, and Ernie Pervetti means nothing to me. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I do in the future is going to be based off of uh, off of it's going to have his, him. He's going to be in my mind some way, somehow. And maybe one day that doesn't exist. But right now. I, everything I do moving forward is thinking about what I did in the past with what I thought was one of the most brilliant minds in the industry. Gotcha. You know, so. So. so- and also, uh, uh, I was listening to you. Uh, he raised his so his children live with him. I don't know. I don't know. He has a daughter and a son. How like how old are they? He's um, got a. Uh, I think he has twenty six year old son now, a twenty five mm-hmm. year old daughter, and then um, his youngest daughter. Uh, man, I don't even know. Like I said, my my apologies. Time frame has changed. I I want to say she's in her early twenties, late okay. teens. You know, okay. right that that time frame, like twenty nineteen, maybe even. I don't think she's twenty one. I could be wrong, okay. and I apologize, Jules, if you watch this. But um, yeah, I mean, to do what he did to run a company the way he did, um, and then to be a single parent, um, with really no support system around as far as family. You know, I mean, I know he's got family out there somewhere, I'm sure, um, but there was none local here in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, and um. Uh, that's where I try to treat the respect level now in a different manner. You know, I mean, I still want the, want the family to know that if they need something, you know, I'll be here for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I just hope that they don't take anything that I do in the future as like an insult to their father, because I, at the end of the day, I got to remind them that I didn't make the decision with horizon. Mm-hmm. That wasn't mm-hmm. my decision. You know, I'd still be working under Trinity possibly, if that wasn't, um, you know, if that wasn't purchased, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I, you know, I've got my own family and I want to make my own impact. You have so, your responsibilities. Yeah. So, you know, life goes on and, uh, you know, it's a new chapter. 
Now I have to ask: Was his family so he passes away? Mm-hmm. I guess you take over the reins as the guy at Trinity. Was his family involved anyway in it? Was they were they interested in in what he done and and what Trinity was about? Um, I don't want to discredit him and make it sound like they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I always would say to the daughter, like, I get it. That would be like my parents own and say like, um, a, a, a nail salon or something where I don't have a passion for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a desire for that. And I don't have any knowledge behind that. And I think that's the best way to sum it up was he, his, his middle daughter, um, was very educated, very smart, um, and is, uh, you know, she loved her father, you know? Mm-hmm. So, th- like I said, this was not an easy situation for any of her, but at the same time, I knew that this was not her passion. This mm-hmm. was not her love, you know? And so I never really pushed, you know, with her as far as, making her learn anything throughout the day to day, you know, she was heavily involved, you know, she paid a lot of the bills and took care of that aspect. But the other stuff was really just kind of, um, you know, we would just kind of touch base with each other on a need to need to know basis. Okay. You know, um, and, um, you know, she was very much wanting to see, um, you know, see a legacy of her father go on as well. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I said, we've both shed some tears together um, whether we were seen to eye to eye in the moment or not. Um, and most of them, I hate to say probably weren't on a mutual situation. We probably were actually arguing about something, okay. you know, but um, I think big picture, we both knew that um, we wanted, we wanted the best for the situation at hand. And um, that was the only reason that we probably didn't kill each other. <laughs> right. I, I remember having this discussion with one of my RC friends and it's like, well, the, the family should have took over this and they, they should, you know, this, this, this is what paid for their lifestyle and all this type of stuff. And I said, Hey, their passion is not their father's passion. I said, here I am. You see, like I, I, I go back to me because I can't, I said this on my live uh, last week. I said, you know, you have these children, his children, that grew up with their dad so deeply involved in his passion, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my kids. I, I'm here. I'm here most of the time, but I'm also here, right? Yeah. And this is me. I'm in this, and I'm responding to this. And uh, I need to learn to put the phone on and focus on my family. And when, yes. you, when, when people, I think people have to understand, because not everybody is fortunate to do a job where they're passionate about it, right? Sure. Most, uh, most people go to a nine to five job. They hate it. They, they don't want to be there. And when they have their weekends off, they have their vacations. But you said something earlier. This is 24 7, 365. It is absolutely that. Absolutely. It, it's nonstop uh, because you, you, you're so passionate about this. Now, my people are like, well, maybe your son should be racing. No, nope, there's no place for him to race. He's into gaming. My wife, has no real interest in what I'm doing here. My daughter, you know, maybe she likes to come up here and hang out with me the office. To them, this is something that's taking time away from them, right? Yes. That I should be spending with them. So I'm I'm imagining I cannot speak for his family, but I can put I can see I'm not blind to this. I see my family and how they feel about this. And 
you know, yes, they, they love it because they love it, but they're, they are nowhere near as passionate as I am. And I don't expect them to be like that. So I think we have to, we have to get out of our RC nerd syndrome because, you know, we're just geeking out on this and oh, his, his son mm-hmm. or his daughter should have followed him. No, they have their own life to live. They have their own path to, to cut down. And maybe they looked at this RC thing as one of the reasons why their dad was spent so much time away or not as much. I don't know what the family relationship is with him. But when you, I know when you're dispassionate about this, it consumes you. It, yeah, it really absolutely. does. And the people closest to you are the people that feel it, right? Yeah. So you have to have some sort of balance with that. And it's a very hard thing to do. Oh, it is very. an extremely hard thing to do. And you, you, and Ernie sounds like the type of guy, like he was, he does not want to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he would, he, you know, you put this at the forefront of everything you do. And I'm sure you do it as well. Right. I think anybody that's successful in life, they, that's that's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. Right. If you if, sure. if you if you are passionate, something has to go. So uh, it's not go, but something has to lack. Right. So maybe yeah. his family, his children saw that. and were like, well, we don't really we're not interested in that. Um, I, I I I was listening to you. I guess we go. Do, do you know once he passes away, do you feel that? this time is going to come and this company is going to be sold. Do you, do you, is that running through your mind? I mean, it's only been a year. Um, do you, do, are you starting to make mentally make preparations for that? Uh, you know, that was probably one of the biggest internal battles I had with myself mm-hmm. was because, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to knock a man when he can't defend himself. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I and, and and through my tenure at Trinity, I constantly had to um, I constantly had to um, deal with the stigma of Ernie did this or Ernie did that. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that he didn't do any of what I heard. But mm-hmm. what I am saying is that, unfortunately, now there are times where I look back and. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to discredit. I know what the you man mean. I know what you mean. You feel that. You feel that. There was a lot of promises given to me, mm-hmm. um, even throughout the whole per, per, the purchase situation. There was a lot of promises that not necessarily even from the the family, from the lawyers, mm-hmm. and um, none of it really came to fruition. And I think a lot of it based was based off of that. I made it very clear that this is what I love. And so if this goes through, I'm going to do my own thing. So, so they, 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 they viewed me instantly as a competitor, mm-hmm. you know, okay. because I basically told them, I mean, you know, there's things that, you know, hopefully down the road, people don't hear me say this and they think, Oh, that's Ernie. I, I want them to think, Oh, that's Kevin. Because if you're not with me, you're against me, mm-hmm. you know? And that was something that Ernie kept pounding in my head. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of people say, oh, this is your time to do this or this is your time to do that. And realistically, in my head, my time was to carry the legacy on of a man that gave me a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was a lot of things that um, he did that weren't right. But he, obviously, if I stuck around, the good outweighed the bad, mm-hmm. you know, and um, for that, I wanted to carry on his legacy like a like a reedy like a mike reedy kind of deal and um it's unfortunate that it didn't work out that way and hopefully you know the people 
that are in charge of that situation now will will indeed do what they say they're going to do. But um, yeah, I honestly, I, 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 Ernie was the glue for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely a lot of things came out, uh, came, I wouldn't say uh, unruffled, but now that I've had time to sit back and resonate and think about everything that's gone on, unfortunately, I think that as soon as he passed away, the writing was on the wall that, that mm-hmm. Trinity was going to be sold um, and whatnot, because there was a lot of rejections I got, you know, company vehicles. No, not interested you know, stuff like that. And, um, just being kind of told no so many times, it just really started weighing on me. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I still investing this time? And even though my mind said one thing, my heart said another, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the part that that's the part that I just am very frustrated with is that you, you sit here and you see the time that I'm investing in and all this and that. And it wasn't just for me. It was for my family. It was for Jim Dieter. It was for the staff. It was for everybody, the customers, you know, the team. Um, And it's not saying that I would change it if I knew the outcome, you know, but I definitely wish there was a little bit more respect towards me and would have been like, Hey, look, we appreciate everything that you did, but I definitely departing from them didn't feel appreciation one bit you know and um you know i've talked to some people and they're like screw this screw that and you know i I don't want to resonate that kind of energy because um i want to i want to keep things positive moving forward right i understand that uh so i guess um when did uh, what's the word i'm looking for her when did the the act do you can you pinpoint a time when the when they started talking about like okay i know this is going to be sold and what was you ex was you ex probably expecting also to be bought on by horizon i know you said you made it a point that you're going to do your own thing but would you have accepted a position i know you said you applied for uh the team losi position at one point so you had applied for horizon um i also know that um you had like something happened between you and Dakota or something not happened between you and Dakota, but something you mm-hmm. were talking to him about what's going to happen about horizon buying or something. I believe, I think you said on Brent's podcast, um, I can't remember exactly what you said, yeah. but at some point did you feel that, okay, you was going to continue on as where you are in a position with, with horizon or had you made up your mind prior to that? Once you knew that horizon was going to be one of the buyers that you didn't want to be a part of that. Um, no, I mean, I never looked at it in a negative sense. Like I didn't want to be a part of horizon. Um, I, I would have definitely entertained a, a, a position, you know, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, because like I said, my love for Trinity was at a, at a, at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so it would have definitely, it wouldn't have been the ideal position, you know, but it would have definitely been an entertaining thought. And, um, you know, my, the, the, the situation that you touched on with Dakota was basically that I, you know, I wasn't, it seemed like my vice presidency, if that's what you want to call it, mattered when the cards were crumbling, but when the cards were being played and put out on the table, it didn't matter, Mm. you know, so they picked and choose when my opinion mattered and, you know, and 
maybe they shouldn't have told me what they told me. I don't know. Maybe um, they didn't. But like I said, I mean, my my biggest thing was is a man's only as good as his word. So when I tell somebody that I'm going to make sure that you're in the loop um, and, and, you know, I mean, and we're talking one individual, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not that I'm discrediting anybody else because speaking with that one individual, he was kind of privileged to private information as well, but I was only reaching out to him to more so find out what would these accusations, if this accusation did go through, Mm -hmm. how would everything fan out? How would everyone be taken care of? Because, like I said, I mean, obviously there was a financial um, compensation you get at your job, right? But mm-hmm. there was a lot of personal uh, relations in, you know, within my job that I wanted to make sure those people, the team, the customers, I didn't want blindsiding to happen, you know, exactly the way that it's happened. I mean, orders have sat for weeks, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't touch on other than customers continuously still reach out to me, you know, and um, I try to answer them as best as possible. But unfortunately, I, over the last week, I've just finally just was like, guys, oh, you have to, they wash their hands of you. Here. Like I've tried reaching out and now dealing with it. I'm just not, I'm not built for corporate America. Mm-hmm. I'm not built for it. I mean, I, I, I um, maybe before I worked for Ernie, I could have dealt with a corporate position, but um you know, dealing with some of the people through Horizon just to try to uh, to um, retain my personal information on some of the property. Um, you know, when I get done talking with them, I'm kind of like, man, what an asshole. But it's not really that. It's just corporate. Yeah, numbers. That's a push. Yeah, it made me realize I, real fast that I don't want nothing to do with that. I So I want to make it clear. I, I am – I have – I I I don't understand why Horizon bought it. I don't. I I I don't know if it's just to have the name Trinity, but I don't think that Horizon acqui- uh, buying. I don't think there's. I don't personally think there's any bad guy in the acquisition of this. Right. Mm-hmm. I understand exactly why the family probably did sell it. I don't blame Horizon for buying it. I don't really like. I'm kind of like growing on this. I don't understand why they why they bought it because. I got it has to be for the name, but I am a little bit. I mean, we've seen this before, right? We saw with Adam Drake when, when eventually, yeah, he had TLR, they, they took over that and they got rid of Drake, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that TLR is just recovering from that, right? Just like that happened in 2015. It's now 2023. I think over the last year and a half, two years with Dakota doing well and whatnot. Yeah. I think they're just recovering from. Losing Drake in the in the racing, the racing side of things. Now we all know that I believe that the racing side of things for Horizon is 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 so minute compared to what they where they really make their money. Like this low C Pro Motor X MX bike is going to make them so much money, right? And all the other bashing stuff that they do. That's what they really focus on. But in the racing side of things, TLR is just coming back from that black eye with that, and then of course. We saw the acquisition of ProLine, aka all these type of people. We saw a mass exodus of people from there. I I agree with what they've do we've done, they've done recently with the RPP program, with you know trying to strengthen up their sponsors. Like you know, there's a lot of guys out there on big deals and all that stuff that probably shouldn't be there. But 
for the life of me, I couldn't, I can't understand why they wouldn't want you to come in. Like I kind of agree with Brent on a transitional period of maybe a year where you bring you to bring whatever you have to bring in. But then again, it probably worked out for the best because sure. now you can, I, I understand that you're feeling, I, I don't know the whole story, but I think like, I get it. You felt like you got treated like shit when, when it all went down. I think, I think you said something about you couldn't get in and get like, even you're like, man, I can't even get my laptop from work because they wanted it. Right. You know, you, you was trying to figure out how to work this. And I think that is a very hard feeling to, to just be felt like, Hey, you just, I know this is business, right? I've been laid off from jobs where I'm planning, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm having a good time and I'm planning to, to be here after Christmas break. And they're like, yeah, you're not coming back after Christmas. It's fucking sucks. Yeah. It sucks balls to get laid off, to get, to be thrown away. Like, Oh, you all this time and effort and passion that you put in. Yeah. Fuck that. Like I understand that 100%. I understand how you feel. Um, but that's corporate, right? That's 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 how it works. And it's I get why people don't like that in Horizon. I don't like it either. I don't care. I don't they can I've JQ's already got a cease and desist from them. I'm already on the naughty list. So it doesn't I'm just telling you, like I understand that. I understand both sides. I I yeah. all three sides. I understand all three sides. I understand why the family sold it. I understand horizons looking at numbers. Mm-hmm. They don't really worry about the racing side of things. I still don't understand why they acqu- acquired it, but I, I think for you, this was the, this was the this right now probably and at the time it didn't feel like the opportunity, but I think this is the opportunity to, to for you to shine. Right, this is the Absolutely. opportunity for you to do what you have to do, and it's a big jump. Right, it's a big jump to leave that Trinity. I did this. I had the Trinity name and go out and and do something on your own. You, you got look at it. You got exalt exalt uh, racing products and and whatnot that you got going on. You've you built up a a name for yourself in the industry. You built up uh, obviously a lot of support. We saw yeah, a lot of the team, a lot of the team Trinity drivers. They 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 laughed like Jeff Stackowitz, AJ Marasco, a lot of people. You know, I remember you talking about Patrick. Patrick was livid. I was you know he was so <laughs> livid because. Um, it was, we was chatting about it. He was, and I think people don't, when, when you deal with corporations like that, they don't understand or fathom the effect, especially in an industry like this, that people mean something, right? Yeah. That it, JQ said something to me and he goes, JQ racing, you're replaceable at the podcast. You aren't. I always say to JQ, you haven't replaced me at, at my yet. Right. People are replaceable. Uh, oh, people are replaceable, but hard workers, good workers aren't, you know, and I, I'm, all, I'm always a guy, if, if I ever had a business that I had employees, I, I believe in treating employees great. I, am, I believe happy employee. Now, that doesn't mean they take advantage of you. Absolutely. But I believe happy employees are productive employees, and I would want to be treated. I've had asshole bosses, and I, I would want to treat that person like I would want to be treated at, at, if I worked for them. Or how yeah. I want my boss to treat me. So I don't think Horizon gives a fuck about that. Like, you know what I mean? It's, And I think the people that are involved in Horizon, they understand that and they want to keep their jobs. Like, I see, like, tr- I think Tran is now going to be, right. like, how many hats does that guy have to wear? He's the, do you, let me tell you, he's doing the job of three people now. I think he's doing 
TLR, Proline, and now he's I heard he's doing Trinity. So that's yeah, that, that's people do not understand that's actually the job of three people right there. Yeah, I mean, and it's not it's nothing taken. You know, I actually haven't got to talk to Tran since the acquisition. You know, we kind of joked around through rumors. You know, um, that was one of the biggest things I tried explaining to the lawyers in the situation was. You know, there's all kinds of rumors going around and mm-hmm. and whatnot. And they were asking me, I said, listen, guys, I said, when you're in this industry and with the, the, the people that Ernie's either A, embraced or rubbed the wrong way, and then the name behind the brand, um, you're, there's always going to be a, a sense of uh, uh, conversation, you know, or rumors made, you know. I mean, I, I, I constantly hear things throughout my years at Trinity that you had to take what you, you know, you always take it in, but then you got to mentally process what's real and what was garbage. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was something that I learned throughout the whole situation. And that's why maybe, I mean, I am definitely bitter, you know, I I understand. I understand that. But but at the same time, I think there's a lot of people out there that are more bitter than I am Mm. um, just from talking with them. And it's not that it's not that I don't care or anything like that. It's that um, I think one thing that I try to take, I try to take every negative situation and create a positive out of it. And um, this kind of might've gave me the little bit of the tough skin to deal with some of it or whatnot. I mean, don't get me wrong life after death. If that really does generally exist, we're Ernie and I are going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this one day and just kind of see why, because the one thing that I will say is I, I can honestly say if Ernie was still here and he wanted to sell the company and everything went down, the departure wouldn't have been this bad because mm-hmm. he would have made sure of, um, I don't think he would have let it go the way that it did. Meaning mm-hmm. not, not the acquisition, but the transition. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um yeah i've had people say to me like oh well maybe they should have done this and they've done that i agree with a lot of that you know maybe they should have done some kind of like a you know just like you said like a one-year merger um and then you know hey don't make it public but hey kevin you know uh the staff everybody you guys have a year i mean know, they did that with aka they, they absorbed the brand they absorbed the aka workers and stuff i don't That's know man. I, that's where I, like I said, I mean, not a lot of the whole situation makes sense to me. Um, but I don't want to sound rude when I say this, honestly, for the last week, I quit thinking about it. Okay. I quit trying to make sense of it because I don't think that, you know, just like you said, I mean, you said it best, there's three sides and realistically, there's probably even more than three sides, you know, cause you got to factor Jim Dieter into the equation. Mm-hmm. You got to factor AJ Morasco into the equation and you know everybody else involved in my side of it was that I was the personal law aspect. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody sits here and gives a lot of the technical advice or a lot of the technical data. Um, me credit for that. And it don't get me wrong, I'm not an idiot when it comes to the technical side. Um, but that's not what I think I was brought in for at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just over the years, I've acquired it and. Um, I'm not an idiot. I mean, the world's going green, you know, I mean, there's a couple things that I just can't see. Like Danny Stockman's a big, a, a, a big supporter of mine, a big friend of mine. And, you know, 
I told him, man, I hope to God NASCAR never goes green because I just can't imagine seeing those cars go around the track and they just go by and you hear just the wind. Mm -hmm. You don't hear no sound. No way. You know, I just can't see that. So, I mean, you got to actually still have the nitro side and stuff um, or the gas, if you want to call it that. So um, for me, it was, you know, uh, it was more so I just didn't really understand how everything kind of was, you know, I get the purchase on both ends, but this is, I don't understand this, like uh -huh. the, the gelling, you know, because just like you said, you touched on Thomas and no disrespect. I mean, we've got some of the biggest events coming up and how are they going to handle that? Because, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. and I mean, I'll put this out there. I'm going to be at nationals and I can honestly tell you, I, I went to the warm up. The general setup is not going to work there. Mm. You know, and is Horizon going to ask for a little bit of support for the team guys, you know, or is Thomas or mm -hmm. are they not? You know, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to make it a point to, you know, I did say something earlier and I changed my opinion on it. I was going to make a point to walk over and try to help, but they'll know where I'm at. They're going to have to come ask me. I'm not going to turn anybody down, mm -hmm. but I'm also not going to just do stuff. Uh, I wouldn't say for free. It's because it's not I about what you money. Mean. Time costs money, man. Know your value. Throughout this whole thing, I think Horizon made me look at things from a more corporate standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the way that, the way, and it's not based off of anything bitter. Not one bit. It's just that I think I've had a couple of life lessons in the last couple of weeks myself. And now that I've, um, you know, made this step into the Exalt brand, mm -hmm. um, I see it from more of a um, an ownership standpoint, and um, I get it. You know, I, I'm not blaming anybody for anything. I'm not blaming the family. I'm not blaming Horizon, but I uh, I, I I think that um, the X's and O's should have been put down for a minute and think about the personal side because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. a lot of these guys, like I said, we're getting ready to go into nationals, worlds, and I can honestly tell you that they don't know the product. Like, you know, like you I, do. I agree. With you. And it's not that it's not that I'm smarter than anybody. It's that you, if people knew the amount of hours I have behind these motors messing with different rotor combinations and timing setups and this and that, I don't think they would even understand it. Like, you know, you touched on it earlier about your, your kids and your wife. Um, my 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 toy hauler has basically became my almost like my command center in a sense, mm -hmm. and um, I constantly feel like I'm living in this thing because prior to the acquisition, you know, I mean, I wanted I, I don't ever want to go to an event and not be prepared, you know. I, I I demand the guys to come to these events prepared, ready to go. So I expect the same for myself. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I can't do, mm -hmm. you know. So. Um, well, let me rephrase it. I'm going to ask these guys to go win races that I can't do, but mm -hmm. you know, the effort behind it, I'm not going to ask you to put all the effort into your, your, your product, your car, everything leading up to a major event. And then I'm just going to be sitting here twiddling my thumbs, my feet kicked back on a couch, watching TV. It's not going to happen. I'm going to have my homework done. And that's why making the trip to the world or the, the Nats warm up was a very crucial uh, thing for me because 
you know, I know the competition level out there and I know the skill at some of these brands and, you know, these national championships, they don't come easy. You got to earn them, you know, and that's why when you do win, they mean so much more Uh because it's not easy, you know? Um, And uh, I, I, I feel more so for the racers, you know, because I do think that some of the guys are going to be hindered, you know, because for me, I feel like I've got a one up. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be walking into that event because there are some guys that don't have the ter- the TLR ties. And they were like, well, look, uh, you know, we don't want to be under that blanket one bit. So we're just going to part ways. Can we go ahead and start putting your stickers on our car? Can we start doing this? Can we start doing that? And I'm not going to tell them no. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I believe in a contract, but I also believe that this is a very unorthodox situation. I hopefully neither brand ever have to go through again. You I know, agree so, you. so I'm kind of you. over I'm kind of overlooking the whole stigma behind the contracts and the guys that we're going to go. I mean, we're going to put down some power and we're going to we're going to excel, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to do the best we can do. And I'll be there for the, to support everybody, but you know you can't you can't ask one individual to manage a chassis, a tire, and a motor manufacturer and be on top of your game in all three. You're going to really affect it some way, some some somewhere somehow. That's going to there's going to be hindrances somewhere. Well, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Yes, after nationals, we'll be able to have our <clears throat> answers on how it was handled, and the best of luck to them and. You know, um, it's on like Donkey Kong. We got exalt now. Um, but I think what what you're underestimating to is the <clears throat> the personal side of things. Right. Sure. The I remember you talking about how you had to grab even though Shimo wasn't driving, driving for you guys when he when he almost won masses of dirt and stock. And he, <laughs> yeah. you had to take him into the bathroom and talk to him. I think it, the mental side of things. Right. You know, that is it's, it's something I, I know I've had to literally talk my best friend off a cliff. Because he's not doing well at a club race that he should be doing well at, right? Uh, that is a big side. That is also a big role of a team manager dealing with so many different personalities, so many different intricacies uh, mm-hmm. in the the mentality of of a race or of, of RC people, and it's it's hard. And people, it, it's 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 you know the motor things. I remember you just talking about how you went to was it? I can't. Remember, what was a race at SDRC where? Oh yeah, yeah. Where like Shimmel's like, we can't make the, we can't make the jump, we can't yeah. make the jump, and you work all weekend to get him to make that jump, right? You know, he said, worry mm-hmm. about worry about the rest of the track. I'll worry about getting the power to get over that track. That is, that's a lot of work. Like that yeah. is a lot of work. And then you you compile. Oh, I got to deal with guys with tires. Maybe not the nationals too much because I think it's back tire. But then mm-hmm. I got to deal with uh, the guys and man, I. I feel I feel for Tran. He's gonna he's gonna have to wear a lot of hats. He's wearing yeah, two. Yeah, he is. And lot. you know, I mean, and Tran's a friend of mine. So I mean, I'm gonna mm-hmm. always support him. You know, and I don't know if he hasn't reached out to me or I haven't reached out to him because we're both afraid of any kind of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I mean, I, I I I have washed my hands with the situation, and um, I think with the 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 launch of exalt. I really do think that it kind of helped me close the door Mm -hmm. to that chapter in my life. And there's no resentment. There's no, um, hostility in the sense where I'm going to hope they fail or, 
anything of that. Anything that you want to beat them on the track. Yeah. Anything moving forward is just based off of competition. And I, Mm -hmm. and you know, I've had a lot of people say, why are you doing this podcast? You just did another one. And you know, I mean, and the biggest thing is, is I just want people to understand that. I mean, I'm a very competitive person. I'm a very passionate person, but anything moving forward, shame on them. If they're going to point it as I have hatred towards them or that I don't hate any brand out there, but you know, a lot, but I want to beat them all, you know? So everything moving forward is not based off of a negative situation that we were all part of. It was based off of you're not with me. You're against me. You know, we're competitive and we're there to, you know, but my name is on the contract just like the drivers. So I can't help what horizon and Trinity did. Um, They did what's best for them, but I also am doing what's best for me. And um, that means showing people that my word is strong and that in tough situations, I'm not going to turn my back on them mm-hmm. because even though they are repping a brand that I'm no longer affiliated with, um, I'm not there to support the brand. I'm, I'm there to support the Nate Sutherland's. The, per- the, the people that um, supported. Yeah, I get that. 100%. Individuality. Mm-hmm. You know, because you 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 can't buy you can't buy personal relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that's that's what all this is for. I mean, you know, we're going to just support the team that once was a part of that I was once a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm also supporting the guys that are supporting my future endeavors, and um, you know, and. You know, what will be running? I don't know. You know, it could be R1, could be Trinity, could be Motive, could be Hobbywing. We're, you know, right now, right now, while a lot of our products are in the makings, okay, I have the freedom to do whatever I feel is best in that moment to make sure that the guys that have supported me that are still with me um, get the best, you know, cool. and have the best chance for them. It's not about Exalt, not about Trinity, not about Horizon not about any of them. It's about the Kai golfs, you know, the, um, the individuals that mm-hmm. are taking the time away from their family to come up there and compete at an, at a Royal nationals, you know, and Shout then out to Kai golf. He's fast. He is. And He's super and fast. And, you know, that, that guy there, um, you know, he obviously lived up in the Michigan area and moved down to Florida and he's got this amazing, um, amazing woman. And they just had a kid together and, you know, he still through all these amazing things that I've learned about Kai, he's passionate as hell. So passionate, you know, and he's been a big support. Not I'm taking anything away from any of the other Trinity drivers or anything of that such, but he has been a huge um, part of uh, the easy, I wouldn't say easy, but making this whole transition as positive as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and for that, I'm indebted to him. And that's why I want to go to nationals and support him to the fullest. Because even whether he's got a national title or not, he is a national champion driver in my view. My view. It's just now he needs the hardware to, to, to show it to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, that to me is a, is, a, is a huge driving passion now in the moment that we're going through, you know, 
Yeah, I met uh, Kai. I met his brother, his dad. Um, Danny Stockman's a good friend of mine, too. Like that, yeah. he, that guy. For what he does, like, he took me on a whole tour of Kyle Busch Better Sports. I guess I didn't realize how special that was. I, I do now. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and they were, like, in between the switch between Toyota and Chevrolet. And it was weird because everybody <laughs> was looking at us like, why are these guys coming to this secret? And he was like introducing me as somebody like I'm somebody special. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just some idiot that talks about RC. Cool, dude. Um, I guess well, let's segue because we're going for two hours. I do want to touch on stock. Uh, what ex- what we exalt. Mm-hmm. So I know do you, what can we, when can we expect uh, exalt to launch officially? Um, what, what are we looking at? Um, and then I want to touch on a little bit of stock drag racing, and then I'm going to let you go. Yeah, I mean, um, I think when everything kind of drops, I think people are you're going to hear rumors of people thinking that this was something that I was doing while I was still a part of Trinity. And it really wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. one thing about me that everyone will know is, is I'm 100% invested to what I'm invested at. So up to the day that I was released at Trinity, I was 100% Trinity. Okay. Um, but from the moment that I was released at Trinity, it was 100% about exalt. And obviously there was some, you know, prior thoughts because you, like I said, you the should next be, day, because I, I would think you would be foolish if you wasn't because you kind of, yeah. if you see the writing on the wall or you're, you know, come on, we knew, come on. You kind of have to know, like, I don't think anybody can blame you. You kind of have to start preparing for that ultimate moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When things, just like anybody, people can talk shit, right? But you do not leave another job mm-hmm. until you have another one secure, a battle one secured. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and I didn't expect the whole. I mean, now that I sit back, I guess my I'm, I was being a little naive, and I should have probably uh, expected it when it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was the end of the month. Um, you know, I mean, I kind of thought it was shitty that they did it right before a holiday, um, you know, whatnot, but, um, but, you know, end of the month, whatever, it makes sense. Um, so there was just, you know, a couple of my, a couple of my friends and I, we just kind of started brainstorming and, and, uh, they're like, look, you know, this might be your time, you know, and it's a scary venture, you know, but, um, the support that I saw on the internet was overwhelming the support that I continuously am getting um, weeks after is still overwhelming, but um, now it's time to get the Exalt brand launched and uh, have been working around the clock, really have mm-hmm. been with, uh, with vendors and stuff. And um, work. I mean, the biggest thing that I say moving forward is I want this to be my last first impression. Okay. Um, you know, so Obviously, every successful company, they're, if they're doing the right job, they're they're turning profit. That's how you got to pay your bills, right? But there's still going to be a personal aspect that I want the best of the best for the people that support that brand. And um, so, I mean, it's no hidden secret. There's, um, you know, it's not, I don't feel like I'm starting from goal line to goal line. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I'm starting at the 50 Okay. You know, and um, so I'm, ha- you know, day one was I was already halfway where I needed to be, you know, and that's where I got to thank Trinity for everything because they've gave my name a little bit of weight where when I reach out to people, um, I get responses uh, uh, immediately. And 
the vendors that I'm a part with uh, or I'm partying with, um, they're working around the clock as well because they know how busy or how uh, how important this is for me. So we're looking at um, the website's going to launch uh, August 1st. Okay. Um, and um, we will have a full line of product out, hopefully right before it, like the Dixie Nats uh, Masters of Dirt timeframe. Okay. Um, which will be like October, Sweet. you know? So, I mean, I think when all said and done, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, they were doing this way beforehand. No, it's just that we're working that hard now. Mm-hmm. And not just me, but the vendors involved, they understand how important this is for me. They understand how important the uh, product quality is. So um, everything is coming together. Um you know, and uh, there's a lot of money being spent right now, you know, but um, we're basically planning on launching motors, batteries, servos, um, uh, ESCs. Uh, they're kind of like in the, the works, but I'm not willing to just push something out there mm-hmm. that I know is not. I want to I want everyone to understand that if we push it out there, it's because we stand behind it. Got you. And so it's not that the ESCs are not good. They are, but I want to continue to work on them. So they are coming, but they're going to be maybe the last product that you see us drop. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but um, I mean, hopefully maybe five years down the road, uh, you know, we're big enough that it's basically what Trinity offers from the accessories, charge cables, all that. We'll be doing the same thing. But right now, just focusing on motors, batteries, eight scale, 10 scale, um, honestly, I really want to, I really would like to look into drifting, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, I love the RC industry that I don't want to say no to anything. Got you. It's a big you, class. You know? Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, that's probably been the biggest thing that I've had to take from this is it's, it's not hard to launch one product, you know, and that's where you, you kind of, you, you, you when you're launching products, you kind of have a strategy or a plan behind it. So you're not launching, you might be launching one or two or three products, but when you're trying to launch a whole company line, it's, it's very overwhelming. And Mm -hmm. I do think that the people are going to be quite surprised with some of the stuff that we do. I do feel, you know, just like Jason Ronan, Jason Ronan never drops a product and says, this isn't going to succeed. He never does, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I obviously I get it. You know, I think everything that we're going to do is going to be successful. But I I do think that that's where my experience with Trinity, that's where I kind of just took that and was like, hey, thank you. Um, I don't want to don't want to look at it in a negative sense because it's going to also help me launch a brand that um, I expect to be very successful right off the get go. And um if we run into issues, they're gonna. That's gonna be the first thing because now I don't have that. Oh, well, this is Ernie's company. Mm-hmm. I don't have that to fall back on. Now everything that happens is my responsibility, and what people think of me. Um, I want them to understand that um, the passion now is dedicated to not only the individuals but the product under the Exalt brand. You know, I mean, and realistically, I mean, uh, one of my good friends, um, he, he does holographics on the East Coast because there's a holographics on the West Coast. Okay. Um, Anthony Searles, 
he killed it with this logo. He really did. I love the logo. Um, pink and purple are two of my favorite colors. So he kind of incorporated everything. And uh, as soon as I saw that logo, I was like, damn, like you did way better than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, and there is a biblical sense behind the brand or behind the name. And that's where, you know, the, the, the slogan is, you know, right. You know, basically one of, you know, the slogan is not about the product. It's about the individuals, a part of the brand. When you come mm-hmm. to the, when you come to exalt, I want you to leave a better person, you know, and I expect the product to get better every day, you know, r- rising the standard to a, to a, to a higher power. That's more so from an individual standpoint. I want, if, if lefty comes and runs for Trinity, I want lefty when he leaves to be, feel that he got something from, or from Trinity, I'm sorry, from exalt. exalt. Yeah my you know that he is uh you know taking some positivity from that and there's human growth you know so it's much bigger and um i i just hope for a, a obviously a great future and um you know i i, I want to be i want to be one of those brands that when you come to the track you got to worry about us yeah you know that's good that's competitiveness that is competitive. Yeah, absolutely. That's all it is. It's just based off of competition. That's uh that's what Ernie was about, right? Being the best. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I if anyone watches this, I, I heard rumors that and, and this is something that maybe lefty you can use and get somebody on your podcast for future, you know, because even though, like I said, it's a whole new chapter, I mean the Trinity aspect is still very intriguing. Mm-hmm. And um I heard a rumor that Ernie was was suspended or banned from Ifmar Worlds way back in the day because one of the drivers took like Matt Francis out or something, and Ernie ran onto the track and kicked the car off the track. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. And that you know, of so RC- I mean, maybe that's some content for you for a future podcast, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, that's I was a passionate and very competitive person before, but I think. Ernie made me realize how much more you have to be to, to, to live in. I mean, this is a cutthroat industry. Mm-hmm. This really is very much. So. You know, I mean, that's why I love to give credit where credit's due because um, these guys, it's not just, you know, the, the Doug Livieras. I hope I said his name. I always say his name. La Verrier. La Verrier. Yeah. I swear to God, I pray to God every time I say it, I hope I say his name right. But, you know, Doug's on a tear right now. You know, Mason Templeman's uh, is just, he's Mason Templeman. You know, th- these guys uh, to to compete at that level, it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. you know, give them some, give them an attaboy. You know, show them some appreciation because it's not easy. No, I, I, I look. I was the biggest. I did not like stock. I teased it. I called it pink pinions. <laughs> yeah, I remember All that. I still call it pink pinions, right? But. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to Masters and I saw it, it I, I think I wanted to talk to you about this, but I think we're going to have to have that. Well, I think we're going to have to do that on a separate podcast because sure. I think that's going to be another hour and a half just talking about that. When I went to Masters and I saw these young, because most of them are young guys, like the mm-hmm. Templemans, the Kai goes, Kai Goff, um, Kyle Go, Kai Goff, uh, Charlie yeah. Marinana was, no, he was running mod, but yeah, Doug Lavidier. And these guys there, and I was just like, um, 
And then, of course, at the carpet championships, carpet championships, I got to see it. And then I got to see it at the Royal Nationals. Uh, I got to see like uh, stacks get mad at Chavez and oh. those guys, and all. And I'm just like, wow, stock racing has everything that I want. It has you can you can be cheating. I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that cheating's good, but you can be cheating. You have um, the the. I never like it, for me. It was like it actually um, freaking oh. Joey Fisher was the one that kind of kept saying to me, <laughs> don't look at stock as intermediate. Look at it as its own class. And yeah. I, I, when, I, when I went to Masters and I went to Carpet Championships and I saw, and recently here at the, the Raw Nationals, I got it. I got it, after, I got it after, after Masters. Even Brent was like, stock is this. I was just like, yeah, you guys just went on pink pinions. No, it is a whole entire class. There are competitive guys in there. It's, it's yeah. super uber competitive. There's a lot of money involved in stock as well. And that's why I said mod is the glory, but stock pays the bills. And 100%. I, I think that has to be a whole separate podcast because yeah. we can, we will go on for another hour and a half about that. Oh, easy. Um, because I, I really do. And I have a lot of respect for it. I enjoy it. I know a lot of the, of our listeners over in Europe, they don't get it. But when you get her and you see the competition level and you, the drama that it, I mean, the drama that it creates, I wish that eight scale kind of had a um, a, a stock similar stock class because um, I don't. I used to think like, yeah, you should go stock and then you should go mod. I mean, I think you can just stay in stock because it's just like a class, right? It's a oh, super yeah. competitive class. It's a place for I think, yeah, like mod should be for pro guys. If you want to be a pro and be a, a pro driver, then that you go to mod. But stock, there's a place in stock where you can still be a, a good stock driver, be uber competitive, make a little bit of money off it. Mm-hmm. And it, I honestly feel that it keeps 10 scale off-road racing going in America because it isn't mod because it, it's, you can see the numbers of mod is not there compared to stock racing. So um, I wanted to get into that with you, but I think we're going to have to get, we're definitely going to have you on maybe for another a, maybe podcast. A dirt, we could do a live podcast. That would be great. That would be great. I can't, I, I like it. I, it has the drama. It has the accusations. It has all mm-hmm. the stuff like eight scale. It's like you run a, the biggest thing, eight scale, you can maybe get fuel mileage, like a big, a bigger tank and stuff like that. But there's no, you know, there's no accus like where you have to go in and make power. Right. You, you just no like it, it's, everything's oh. kind of equal, you know, stock is stocks. Stock is so annoying at times. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I grew up racing, like I said, uh, oval and, all these years of race and RC, a lot of people are like, Oh, you don't do like sprint cars or nothing like that. And I got into that and I love it because that's what I, it kind of what I did back in, you know, when I was younger, but um, then I started loving it because it was mod and I didn't have to worry about pulling my motorizer out and mm-hmm. tuning motors and tuning this. And so it was like a good scapegoat for me to kind of get away and breathe and not have to worry about tuning motors, this and that. But at the same time, um, there's a, still a lot of stuff that you can do with a modified motor to make it fit that individual driver. Okay. You know, and I can't drive a modified car well enough in off-road to feel the motor and understand what this adjustment does um, or feel what this adjustment does, I should say, not understand it. But um, that's where the dirt oval it really helped me 
um, understand the mod motors or mm-hmm. understand the feel of the mod motors where that does help me with helping Dakota um, or helping um, any of the shimmels or, or, or even Maddie G when he was running for Trinity and running mod, it helped those guys, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, but yes, you're right. Stock is highly competitive and um, you can see it just like you said, Stackowitz. I mean, I'm not going to say I agree a hundred percent with how he handled the whole situation, but I, I love it. I love it behind him in his passion. I love that stuff. I yeah. love it. It makes I think passion and just and arguing and all that stuff is what ra- makes racing awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a new respect for stock, uh, and I'm glad that even those even those guys accepted me in their world after I w- I've been teasing them for a long time. But I'm still going to tease you guys. You've embraced it in a very positive way, though. I want you to know that, like, like, I, like you have made it very clear, and you're very, you're very. Um, you're very uh i'm not going to say your transparency you know you're you're speaking from the heart yeah you know and i genuinely from a company that pushes stock racing i appreciate your 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 newfound love or support for it because it is it's very hard and the racing was great very hard the racing was great like yeah. when i went masters and saw them guys battling i was just like oh yeah and they're all young <laughs> like you know and i'm like i i, I love it and that's what that's and then I could see that motor isn't as fast as this motor and this and then I said, oh, okay, this is what mm-hmm. it's all about. So I, I have a newfound love for it. I like them guys. I I think they're young. I think they're the future of RC. And there, there's some other guys that still do it. And I I oh, fully absolutely. understand. I fully understand why guys like stock now. Um, mm-hmm. and but I think we need to save that. We're gonna have to get you on. Maybe when Exalt launches, yeah. we'll get you on. And then, uh, because. I really wanted to get your story. Uh, I wanted to get your side. I mean, we, obviously, we heard your side of the story with, with Brent. If you guys want to learn more about what happened with uh, the situation between you and, and Horizon. I mean, we touched on a lot of it, but you can go check out Wheel and Trigger. Uh, I can't remember which episode, but it's the re- most recent episode with Kevin Abbott. It was great. It was like unlucky number 13, I think. There you go. It was <laughs> it was a great, a great episode, but I, I wanted to come in and I wanted to learn more about you. Your story, your time that. with Ernie. And I, I had a great chat with you, man. I wish you all the best with Exalt. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I I look forward to seeing you again. I'll see you at Wicked Weekend. So that would yeah, be good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe we can sit down and talk. I mean, that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was because the respect level I have for you is, oh, you. is unmeasurable. And um, I, I'm so busy right now, or even then, I don't catch every episode, but you they are long. They are a long. huge impact and you make, you continuously make impacts. And, uh, you know, I want, I wanted to get on just to show my support for what you're doing and my it. gratitude for everything that you're doing, you know? So, um, is your son going on Nitro at Mickey weekend? What's that? Is your son, your son, you're going up to your son's racing, right? He's going to, yeah, he's going to run e-buggy. Okay. He's got a, he's got a hot bodies and, um, He's gonna run. I might run a class, but we're gonna honestly, have to get- I want to kind of sit back and 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 be more of a uh, spectator. I'm gonna have know, to have to talk with of- him and and tell him how Nitro is the glory. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that he needs to be running Nitro if it's gonna take eight skills. Oh, gotta- he'll, he'll be getting one. I can promise you. He's already uh, asked so. me several times. I hope so. I wish I wish him all the best because it'd be nothing better than seeing a third generation guy like mm-hmm. a son. We saw it over in Europe. We saw. Um, 
young kid from Denmark, Karap, he he his dad won a, a, a European championships in touring car, and now he's going and won. He won one last year, and uh, we got the Euros coming up here next week, so I'm looking forward to that. But I would love yeah. to see your son if he's got the passion and he's he's got the the dedication to do it. He can do it. That's yo. You, he's got the passion. I just hope he can go all weekend without breaking down on the driver's stand from frustration. You know, because he's uh, still. He's he's just he's just starting, you know. So and mm-hmm. and this is going to be a big stage for him, and uh, he doesn't even know what he's getting ready to get himself into because he's just a local, you know, kid that's just races on a local. And his dad needs to spend more time with him. I agree with you. Doing this, and that's why I want to make sure that he enjoys himself more than anything. Just take there we the go. There we go. Well, I'll see you at Wicked Weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, good luck with everything that you're doing. And um, I look forward to talking to you and him. And thank you for your time, man. It was a no, great chat you, with buddy. you. And um, you have a good day. Absolutely. You do the same, bud. Thank you, Kevin Abbott, for your time. It was a great chat with you, getting to know you. Uh, we wish you all the best with Exalt. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be very successful. I'm definitely going to have him back on her so I can geek out about pink pinions and stock racing. What the hell is Exalt? It's his new brand. What do they do? They're going to be doing like motors and stuff, motors, ESCs, batteries, oh, okay. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, looking forward to that. I know he's he's been he's you know he's helped Trinity to become what they were after the sack. Trinity, Florida. There was Trinity. So he said it like this: Trinity Jersey, which is like the the gangster years with, with Ernie at the helm, and then it's Trinity, Florida, which was a little bit more uh, controlled. And um, he was very influential and do that. Me and Kevin's story is very similar. Like how we got involved. He, Ernie Pravetti and JQ are very similar people. Very similar. Except that JQ is probably more hard-headed. I, I don't know. Who knows? But very similar, very similar, very similar. All right. So that was a great interview with him. We're definitely going to have him back on because uh, I'm going to geek out and stock with him. Max, we're going to do a few hot laps. Uh, well, I don't, I don't really have any hot laps, hot, hot race, hot laps uh, questions for you this week. But maybe <laughs> you already kind of went, was hot on the collar when we talked about McBride. But I want to say thank you to Hot Race Tires for all their support. Nicola and Robert helping me get on. Uh, greatly appreciate them. Nicola is a very passionate guy. I need to get him back here on the podcast. He's been busy. He's been traveling to all these different races. So thank you to Hot Race yeah. uh, for all their support. You can go check them out at hotracetires.com. Uh, we have links for that in the written description. Uh, hot laps, not too much hot laps this week because we didn't. Uh, I didn't have nothing wrote down, but we're going to take a hot look at the hot race, hot laps, upcoming races. So this weekend, we have the Big Apple Nitro Challenge at Barnstormers RC Raceway in Chester, New York. This is the ninth iteration of this race. I was talking to my boy, Jay Bless. Uh, Adam Drake's there. He's doing a, a, a clinic. I was talking to... to uh, Rohan about it. I know this is a very big race, well attended in the New York area. Uh, he says he wants to do it big on his uh, for the 10th anniversary next year. So we'll see what happens. I know my buddy uh, Toby Hampson is doing the coverage there. So uh, you could check that out. I will share links of that of that going on as well once it starts. And then we're, while we're talking, uh, they probably are waking up there in Australia or have woken up. But the Asian Buggy Championships is going on. Over there in Pine Hills Dirt Racing, that's uh, one of our co-hosts from Australia, Zach Ryan. If you guys have seen him on her before, it's his track. It's an oil track. we got Scotty Ernst over there. Uh, it looks like it's the best of all the racers from New Zealand 
and Australia have come together. A few of the Philippine guys have gone on, and Edward Seau has gone on there. This is supposed to be the second race of their championship, which started the Philippine Masters. Uh, Alex Bernardzak looks to be one of the favorites going into this as well. And my electricity just went off here. Um, so uh, uh, good luck to everybody down there. They do have coverage. I will put that up on the on the on the NNRC Facebook page as well. They actually have written write ups of the like the co- the media coverage of this is really good leading up to it. Uh, what I'm seeing on their Facebook page, <clears throat> Scotty is the RD, and uh, good luck to all my friends over there in Australia. It's a it's people have been talking about this for quite some time. So I think they're super excited. There, Max brings up a, a picture of the track. There, there we go. Go back to that this overview is, track. Th- this is like an OG, you know, Australian type of track. Where this is what you dislike oil tracks. Well, I do. Okay, I have to say, I'm not a fan of oil tracks, but I do have to say, like how it looks, the layout, all the things they've done, love it. I do like like Australian tracks for some reason have this type of tendency where I can't explain it really, but lots of like little drops and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, elevation changes, not huge, but like little changes in elevation, very like rhythmic jumps, not like in America where you have like a 90 degree and then uh, um, like a straight run up to a jump, more like you have to actually angle your car properly twisty corners where the jumps are but mm-hmm. not all, not like the style of the philippine masters where every corner is a jump well, that, ju- that track hard. was that track was hard yeah. i mean uh, i love it it's like it's it's almost like driving a roller coaster but i think i'd be really keen to drive on tracks like this so. mm-hmm. uh the thylacine aaron dexter's is there uh i'm probably sure he's won the beer drinking competition there already but i see he's no, Par- Parsi's, um, yeah, he's not there. He's not there. He's uh, taking a little break from RC, so okay. I'm told. So um, he's not there. Uh, unfortunate. I was, it, I, I told, I'll tell you about that when we got off, got off of her. I know who's not there, Kyle McBride. He's not there. So, um, yeah, But the guy he did the photo shoot with, he's there. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if the guy was there, but I know Andrew Ford works at OZRC, and he's there. Yeah. But uh, he's driving a TLR. So good luck to that. I know some of the fast New Zealand guys. They, uh, we got um, the other young Australian guy, Jaden. I think his name Jaden. Caleb Noble, Jaden. I can't. Oh, I can't remember. But uh, he's pretty fast. But I'm gonna be honest, man. Alex is just kind of on another level over there, and I think it's gonna be very hard to beat Alex Bernardzak. He's gonna be looking for a good result after his. Not so good result at Silver State, his first time to America. So good luck to all of our Australian friends over there. Then next weekend, actually starting Tuesday. Uh, actually, so uh, RC Racing's TV coverage starts on Tuesday. We have the Afro 10th Scale Off-Road Championships at Utrecht, Netherlands, Racco 2000. Uh, they're going on from the 17th, so that starts four days from now. And uh, Angaro is going, I was talking to him, I believe David, I don't know if there's David going. He should be going. Where is Ranafal going to the to the Euros? Yeah, I asked him today. He didn't. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I, I don't think, think he's he going this week. It's yeah, I think he went to Redavon. He's gonna yeah. do the F- Swedish Nationals in on road. Uh, G one eight scale. Is Pecco going to the Euros? 
Yeah, yeah, Pekko and uh, I think Jonas should be going. Okay, okay. Um, Jamel Gagelson also. He's a really fast young guy. And then okay. Well, we'll be – so I think what we'll do is I'll be watching this from Tuesday on because I'm really – it's going to be – it's an Astro race, Astro Turf race. I really love the 10-scale Euros as well. Uh, what I think we'll do is we'll get together maybe next Thursday and have a look because I think two-wheel drives first and then they'll do a four-wheel drive afterwards. Um, because after that, I, on the 25th, I actually fly out to Wicked Weekend. So that's going to be my big thing. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Thank you to everybody that uh, participated in the waffle. Congratulations. I believe Martin Rodriguez won it. And I look forward to seeing everybody at Wicked Weekend. Uh, come up and see me. I'll have plenty of decals to give away. Uh, coming up also, we have the Afro Large Scale Touring Car Championships. That's going to be in... Um, July 17th to 20th. It's, it's the same weekend. What the hell? So we got two Afro championships going on at the same weekend in the same country. That's got to be wrong. We have large the Afro large-scale touring car championships going on July 17th to 22nd in Netherlands. I think that's right. Because mm. then July 24th is okay. on-road 8-scale. Yes, on-road 8-scale July 24th in Portugal. Uh, Wicked Weekend coming out 27th to 30th. I'll be commentating on that. We have the large-scale offer championships to July 31st to August 5th. Afro 10-scale championships coming up. Touring car championships coming up in August 2nd. Uh, we have the Raw uh, Dirt Nationals coming up at Hobbiton as well in August. Uh, and Clayton did say, he says right now, there's zero entries for two-wheel drive short course at that track, at that race. And if they don't get entries by the deadline, that tra- that that class will be discontinued. For this year. So if you are interested in getting on, if you want to run two-wheel drive short course at the Dark Nationals at Hobbiton, get start putting in your entries. I do I do not understand how people do not sign up for national championships. Like they wait till they get their the day to sign up. I just do not I don't, like I don't understand how this is a concept where you order flights, you pay like hundreds of years for flights, for bookings of hotels, for Maybe even like rental cars and shit, uh, you know. And then you're like, "Hey, uh, I'm not gonna bother sign up online." I don't get like, it. What the fuck? Are you planning on canceling <laughs> at that point? Like, I don't know. Um, RC races, man. We do it to ourselves. We do it to ourselves. Uh, we have the Afro One Eight Eight Scale Nitro Offered Championships coming up August 29th. I really want to go to that. Baldo Brothers, Bing, contest to me. I want to go to the Afro. I want to go to the Euros. I want to go back to Red of Arm. Uh, Then we have the IFMAR 10-scale Off-Road World Championships. That's the September 9th to 16th. I should be at the Peach State Classic, which looks like it's going to get a good bit of uh, RC racers. Also, today, as as you listen to this, it's Friday, but AMS entries open. Remember, that's capped. It opened on Thursday. So if you want to go to AMS, get signed up. I think I'll be there as well. And... um. I don't know, Max, man. The, who's have you? You but see, you haven't even been paying attention. You know what? I want you to pay attention to ten scale next week. That is your job. Oh, next, next week, week I will. The Euros. The thing is, like RC Racing TV, live RC. I do follow live RC too, but RC Racing TV or live RC, like when there's a live stream, sometimes I'm like, hey, let me watch some RC racing. But then when I have to go to like some of these new sites and then look out like, oh shit, Infinity has released a new screw or then some other brand, you know, 
some Chinese brand like, oh, they have released this bit that is plastic and you can fucking do something with it. Like, really, I It's actually sparkled. Well, sparkled is interesting. Or then other things like, hey, this guy in his backyard beat his brother. You know, that's like another, (laughs) like, hey, great news, bro. And then I'm like, I I don't even bother because if I want to actually find out like who won this big race in 10 scale, which Brock Champling and all these big guys went to. Yeah. So like I do follow Facebook. I, I do look at Facebook. Right, right. Especially right, the No Name RC podcast Facebook. Obviously not uh, enough because you didn't follow the mod media yeah, uh, racing yeah. this past weekend. Yeah, um, did, uh, does he have a YouTube channel where he does it? Yes, Should Mod I, Media. Okay, I, I need to go subscribe, then I can always Mod see Live Media, I believe it's called. Yeah, He's okay. going to be he doing the Worlds, so he's going to be covering the Worlds. The he's going to have some help, too, though. You're not going to yeah, do yeah, it yeah. alone. <laughs> no, no, no. no. He would be fucking crazy. This guy fucking commentating, recording, all, he, everything. Alone. He does have help, though. He does have a guy that helps him out, and I believe his girlfriend okay, helps him out. Good. So um, he does a Family good job. Business. Yes. Uh, something I was going to talk about. Are we? No, we're not making any predictions for two drive. Let's make drive. picks for two drive. We're gonna not not need for four drive because gonna be we're gonna record before. The I. End. You know who I'm picking? I'm going with Pecco, man. I think Pecco is gonna do well. You're gonna pick him for the win? No, I'll pick him no. top five. Okay, let's let's pick our dark horse, which is a guy. Oh, Pecco's who... my dark horse. Okay, Pecco is dark. My dark horse is. Um... Um, probably just jinxed him. I probably just jinxed you, Paco. I'm sorry. I don't think he's been raising any 10 scale this summer. No. Damn it. Ah, <laughs> uh, who the fuck would be my dark horse? I should. Okay. It's going to be hard not to pick Hall and. Oh, Val Helming. That Helmin. Helmin. Oh, guy. yeah. Fucking Van Helmin is my fucking dark horse. Oh, he's yeah. my dark horse. Helmet. Uh, that's not his name, though. Helmet. But actually, Helmet. I don't feel I don't think he's that much of a dark horse. You know what? Okay, let's pick. I'll pick my dark horse last. Let's let's do our top threes. You go Tour first. Drive. I'm gonna go with Care Up wins. Okay. Well, actually, it's fucking two wheel drive. Oh, you know who I'm gonna pick? Neil Craig. You're. I was champion. gonna ask where you're gonna put Neil Craig. I was yeah. gonna ask. It's I'm hard gonna go to with him. Neil Craig, Mikhail uh, Orlowski, and okay. Wesley Van Helmond. That's my top three. No Bruno. No Bruno. No two wheel drive. Four wheel drive. Bruno's gonna be in the top three. But in the uh, I wouldn't. Drive, I wouldn't. No Bruno. Man, you know what? I think Orlowski's gonna win both classes. I don't do it. I don't. I wouldn't say so. I think Tommy Hall will be a top three. Possible. I, I, I thought about Tommy Hall, but then I remember Orlowski, so I had to pick Orlowski over Hall. Maybe Orlowski at Robin Hood, but different type of track. Not all bumpy like Robin Hood was. Yeah, yeah different, different Astro. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. How I, about I'm ben, getting... Noham, uh, ben Muhammad. Uh, ben. Uh, I think shit. Ben Noham Muhammad. Yes. Yeah, I think he's better in four drive. Not okay. great on Twitter. That's my Zalowski. He might do some damage over there. Same, same thing. Better in four drive. Fuck. All the pretty much all the X-ray drivers better in four drive for okay. quite an obvious reason. I mean, I would drive. not be surprised if Neil Craig wins this. Not at yeah. all. I'm in two drive. Craig. Where do you think Yuna's gonna be? 
You uh, love you. He's being he's being in the fucking army, and every time he's away from the army, he's just been drinking. So <laughs> I'd be I'd be surprised if he makes the main. Like he has the talent to win these things, but I'd be surprised if he makes the main. <laughs> That's just because he's been drinking. If you say he's been drinking, then he's been drinking because you Finnish guys can drink. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'll be watching. Uh, and if you guys want to follow it, uh, I'll have it posted up on my personal Facebook as well as the NNRC Facebook. I think we'll get together probably Thursday and do a recap. We will answer yeah. your questions. So I'll leave that post up. If you have any questions, ask Max. Oh, shit. I didn't over- my- you know what? I'm going to pick Yona for the Dark Horse because now I played him down and now he's going to fucking TQ practice. So Yona's going to be my Dark Horse. Maybe he drinks and then goes out and then he just drives better. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of second guessing my pick for Wesley for third because like I I remembered how many fucking fast guys there are. <laughs> Alvaro, you think he's gonna do good out there? Is he going? Yeah, he's going. Oh, it's Astra though. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm gonna change Wesley. Jesus, you change. You've changed your pick five times now. Okay, I have Craig Orlowski Ongaro. And then I have uh, Yona for my Dark Horse. You have Beko Dark Horse. What was your top three? I have just Orlovsky winning both classes. Um, I have Tommy Hall in my top three for two-wheel drive. And I, you know what? I can't go. I can't. I can't go against Neil Craig. I really can't. So Craig, you think Tommy will beat Craig? I mean, we're picking him. Is he going? <laughs> we don't even know if he's going, right? I think he's been racing all the nationals. Okay. Like he was just racing. He he's he, him and Hall are bad luck with the tool drive national. Wow. So I I imagine he'd go the year. Our our secret insider pit reporter Will Briefcase Venables will be over there. He's the he messaged yeah. yesterday. Have you heard if they're going to be sugaring the track at the world? He is all worried about the world. So I'm like, I heard nothing. I said, I don't know if they're going to sugar it. They might. They might not. Who knows? Someone might pee on it. <laughs> or on your tires. All right, Max, yeah. it's late over there. Thank you for your time. Imagine I they it. ban fucking sourcing and then someone's like, says like, hey, if you pee on your tires, they get sticky. And then you just have people like going to the bathroom with a tire in their sleeve and peeing on it. It would be a stinky, 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 yeah. stinky. T- that would be, that would definitely be a, a stain on the IFMA reputation. <laughs> Pee stain. You mean bigger than Jeff Parker? You know what? I have one more rant before I go. One more rant. Fuck Jeff Parker. Ifmar, uh, what did you just say? I said fuck Jeff Parker. Isn't he the guy? Oh, yeah, what but that wasn't my rant. That wasn't my rant. Oh. Oh, Ifmar, Ifmar, where the fuck is the 2024 world's going to be? And if it's going to be in Brazil, can we harp and fucking announce it so people can start making fucking plans for it? Rant over. They haven't even announced that the guy who they should fire... Is is like how is he working? Is he, is he doing anything with them? Like the intermediate the, president of Ifmar, Jeff Parker, who got fired from Roar. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Ifmar? You can ban me from your FF Facebook page. You can do whatever you want. But you know what? It is fucking almost one year away, and the two thousand from the two thousand twenty four worlds, and nobody knows where the fuck it is. So let's get our shit together. Well, and I don't think Ifmar knows. I'll have it. Ifmar huh? doesn't fucking know what's in their left pocket, you know? They are fucking out of it. I'm done defending Ifmar. Like, I'm fine defending Roar and Ephra because they're, they're actually putting in some effort and they're doing doing something good for RC. But Ifmar is just like, 
it's like that disgusting table with old men that smoke cigar and smell like <laughs> shit. And then when a woman walks by, they're like, you know, this is what every IFMA representative is in my mind. Like every time I heard like, oh, I work at IFMA, that's what I see in you. There are good people at Ifmar. There are very knowledgeable I, I, people at I, I know, I know. I know. They, they, they must be good voices. But they, they should fucking speak out. They should be yeah, like, should. hey, this they shit should. ain't cutting it. I've been putting my life into RC. I've been doing good. You know, I'm a good guy, you know? But if you just shut up, then you're just one of the fucking idiots. Yeah, I, I, I it's, I, everybody is like, where's the world's going to be? Where's the world's going to be? I'm pretty sure it's going to be at Casa Raceway in in brazil it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhere where there's very great hotel resorts you know because like (laughs) the the main thing about an ifmar event is that first they check like hey guys where haven't you gone for a vacation and then they're like i'd like brazil you know brazil sounds great you know we should pick an area where like well, there's no there's no nice beach in Sao Paulo. Though. There's no beach in Sao Paulo. Well, there's no it's beach, but you know, it's it's there must be a great like. Okay, please, someone, the city that we are guessing it's gonna be in, if there isn't a very nice hotel resort thing, I'm guessing that's the why. That's the thing why they're hesitating on this because if there was a resort and all like all inclusive shit there, they'd be fucking grabbing the race at an instant they, they'd have denounced it fucking five years ago if they knew that <laughs> so i think that's like so the organizer you should build like a resort like just build oh a my website where these guys are like hey we could go there and drink some fucking margaritas and lay on the fucking beach for two weeks because we ha- we're gonna have seven days of practice and then one day of racing at this event <laughs> So all these days to practice, they're not going to do tech. So we can just fucking lay at the fucking beach or hotel resort. That's, but, okay. So please, the organizer, what you should do is you should create a fake website, <laughs> which is like, oh, this is perfect for uh, old men who are tired of life and think they've achieved something. And if you want to arrange a resort at your international race, this is the best place to do it. We'll take care of you during the evening. During the day, we'll be gone for the race, but then you can come back, okay? And then when they get there, it's just a fucking jail cell, and they're going to be guys whipping them every night. You want to go to work tomorrow? Like, you need to referee some cars, and then these guys are going to be like, we can't take it anymore. we got to get some new guys in, you know? <laughs> That's pretty extreme. That is, that is a colorful... Uh, changing of the guard. Um, but yeah. in all seriousness, we're we're almost like the worlds are usually in October. It's now freaking halfway through July. People want to know because they want to book tickets and they want to make plans. So can we get yeah. our shit together and at least announce where it's going to be and the dates so people can do that? Okay, because we love the fucking worlds and I want to go. And um, to all my friends who are worried about it being if it's in Brazil, if it's safe. You'll be safe. If JQ can go out and come back home at five o'clock in the morning and he's still alive, not kidnapped, not been robbed, <laughs> right? Then it is safe. Yeah. I'm not I love Brazil. I want to go that. back. I think, yeah. 
I loved it there. I want to go back. I made lots of good friends there, and the food is great. And it's Sao Paulo is a great city, and those guys deserve to have their worlds too. And talking to my friends on there, they have a they have a lot of big plans to uh, redu- uh to renovate that track, make it bigger, uh, and just put on a great show for everybody. So, if Mar, let's fucking go. Get get off your asses and let's make it happen. Get off your asses and go out of the door, and then let's get some new guys in. Oh boy, we are not going to be allowed. And, and the thing, okay, the thing is, like, if you are an if more, uh, like you have a spot at if more, and if you're like, oh, this Max guy, he's being so mean to us, and speak <laughs> out, speak out, say that these guys who are doing nothing should do their fucking job, okay? So if you yeah. feel like you are putting in effort, you should say that I'm putting in effort. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. But if you're not doing anything and you just want to stay silent, but be like, oh, this Max guy, he's so mean to us. Like, we're just old men and we like some fucking holidays. Fuck that, you know? We're not going to pay your fucking holiday. We want to race RC cars because we're fucking geeks and we love this shit, okay? We're not going to pay for your holidays anymore. So get your fucking shit together. There we go. That was was an epic rant to finish off this podcast. That was an epic Dude. rant. I I, uh, I mean I I have held this down for so long, you know, because I, know, I, I, I never get, really had that rage against Ephra or Roar even. So like I get asked like, about the worlds so many, so yeah. much. Where's it going to be? What's it going to be? Da, 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 da. Let's fucking go. People want to go. They want to make plans. All right, the, the track has to make plans. All right, enough of that. You know what? Thank you, Max, for your time. Thank you, Kevin Abbott, for your time. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, next week, we'll be doing a recap of the Euros. We'll have Max when we'll answer your questions. And I should have a podcast for you guys. I'm trying to get JQ to interview me. So that's probably going to be a one long podcast. And I have some things to say to JQ that uh, I'm going to tell him in that podcast. Hopefully, he gets out of his pissy mood and he wants to do that because right now it's just pissy Q. Um, and. Ah, uh, he is. He's just like he's just like PCQ. fuck this and fuck that. They, I'm like, look, man, take it easy. Um, so I hope that happens. Uh, uh hey, look, we just to just to clear the, clear the air. We love the world. We want to be there. We want to go there. We want it to happen. We want Brazil to have it, or Alva's going to have it. We want if not, you know, all these federations are starting to change. Roar's changing. If Mars, uh, sorry, Afra's doing good things, but it's fucking time for Ifmar to start standing up, start stepping up, and start doing different things too. And with that said, Max's camera goes off, and that's going to end our podcast. We I don't know think- how it's fucking every time it's exactly two hours. <laughs> you need to get that battery pack. Uh, we want to say thank you. Uh, the, the cord, sorry. We want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do this without you guys' support. Thank you to the patrons of the NNRC for your support and YouTube members. You will get early, early release of this. And uh, thank you to these companies. We have links, coupon codes, affiliate links, all in the written description. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design Gas Trucks, Racecraft USA, Stacked RC, Shout out to Carl RC, WRCE, House of RC, RCGP, and to our drivers, David Runnefalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Batty, and Alexander Hagberg. Thank you for all the support. Lefty and Max, we're out. We're out. Max, Goodbye, do you think everyone. we're going to be banned from all IFMAR events now? I mean, we're definitely not going to be invited for media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. 
No, we got we got a now we got a kiss and make up. That's what we gotta do. All no, right, we don't we gotta change? Yeah, we, we, want, we want we want exactly we want change. That's what we want. We're about change and making RC better. Uh with that said, Lefty and Max, 